Hey everybody, welcome to Street Fight Radio. It's Sunday night time for a Street Fight call-in show. We are here to take your calls. We want to know about bad bosses, bad dare officers, bad city codes, questions, comments, anything you want to hear. Weird training slash orientation stories, right? Perfect, I love it. We'll explain it to Drew here in a second. Um, We are here every single week, Wednesdays and Sundays, unless we're on tour. We are going to be doing a live show in Lexington, Kentucky on Friday, June 14th at Best Friend Bar. That's the Father's Day show. I'm going to be doing my daddest uh, I've ever been on stage. It's going to be a lot of fun. The Trill Billies will be there with us. You do not want to miss that shit. Um, you can find more of what we do on Patreon.com, Patreon.com slash Street Fight Radio. We have... Uh, Bonus material, zines, videos, all that stuff. For those of you that don't know who we are, my name is Brett Payne. My co-host here is Brian Quimby, the number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. We're live streaming, as we always do. If you want to get in on the conversation, we got a unified chat and a Discord that's going. So head over to Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook to hang with the gang. And tonight we have a very special guest, one of our favorite people, um, one of the top influencers in Columbus, Ohio, uh, Mr. <laughs> Drew Toothpaste. Hey, how's everybody doing? How's it? What's the influencer lifestyle like? It's basically a lot of free hotel rooms. <laughs> it is nice. It's, it's all free t-shirts. It's, I have so many free t-shirts. I, you you brought one over for us. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's all t-shirts. Is I all, have like no. I I've, was I've it, never gotten a free hotel room. I'm sorry. I was explaining to somebody on. Uh, I got a hookup for you. Yeah, we, might be <laughs> we got a free one. We got a free top Tropicana room in Las Vegas from the Marquee Rewards from Hollywood. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was a nice. good come up. Do you gamble, nice. Drew? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we talked I, about gambling before. Dude, I went to the uh, my uh, my daughter. I only have one kid. She's been at her grandma's house for a few days, so we went to the horse races. Whoa. I was going to do the same thing. Those were sick. They're sick. You got to go. It's really fun. I was going to do the same thing. I know it's probably a problem, but it's like, yeah, we know it's with or without me. And it's not even bad because if you go down to the casino, it's like 15, 25 buck minimums for a lot of the stuff. The horse races, you can bet a dollar. Okay. 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 We were, when we were in Vegas, Konami makes a game called Fortune Cup. Yeah. And they had a live horse racing, but it was like mechanical horses. It was like little tiny horses that you watch run around a course and you yeah. bet on them. It was very weird. That sounds sick, though. It's like a slot machine, but it was so impressive. The mechanics of it all, the horses would, like, run in formation and getting in the line and everything, and they could, like, trot around in circles and prance around when they won. And it was, and like, little, little tiny robotic horses. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like a, like a carnival game from the 40s yes, or exactly, something. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It was, like, magnet-driven from the bottom. It was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so oh, I was like. saying we were going to explain this. I, I accidentally got addicted to gambling in Vegas. He too, did, but he picked up a habit. Just an accident. He brought yeah. it home. Real bad accident <laughs> where my palms sweat and uh, I need to gamble forty dollars to feel good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it ain't fun. Feel alive, man. <laughs> it isn't fun if there's not like twenty to forty dollars on it for me. But it's like, oh boy, red, red. I play roulette and I bet on red. <laughs> Roulette's your game? Roulette fucking roulette. It feels like the only game that is feels to me like a game of skill. I know it's not. 
but it feels like you there's can read some the board. Skill involved. You can read the streaks, right? Yeah, you can. Are like, you, do you connect with the wheel? Do you feel like you're connected with I the wheel? I don't know. I feel like the wheel is in charge of me. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like and people would be like, I feel like I'm like, I feel like I'm in control for the first time in my life. But like, I actually feel like the, that thing is my boss. That ball <laughs> is <laughs> spinning around and it's going to decide if I get to have 20 to $40 and uh, it mostly I lose. Really, I I got back to Ohio, and on Friday night I was like, we should just go to the casino. I'll win us some money, and I lost sixty dollars in like twenty minutes. And I said, okay, I'm gonna like have to leave now. Yeah, <laughs> I hate gambling. Gambling's fucking bull. I was you saying that all the way home. Yeah, I you did. Your lesson. Never gamble at home. I think is my new lesson. Yes, because gambling's become like a super like it's everywhere popular thing. It's now. everywhere. I mean. Driving down south, there was plenty of places, plenty of gas stations you could stop and play some gambling if you wanted to. Well, but there were people, there are people online now, like a lot of people that I've been friendly with for a very long time are like betting on sports now, which I do feel, that one I understand more than any of the other gambling. Well, you know, I can't, I mean, unless the... You know, unless the players are throwing the game, which they yeah. wouldn't do for you, I know for your twenty bucks, they they're not going to do that. Then you know it's like not rigged, right? I had like a, I have like weird conspiracy type thinking when it comes to the casinos because I won't play any games that take place on a screen. Like I refuse to play a game that takes place. No computer where the thing shit. is decided on a screen. Like we're twenty one, where you play blackjack yeah, with the dealers on a big screen. Yeah, no. I don't trust that. You know, but it's not. It's also not fun. Yeah, because that's true. you don't feel like you're doing. I mean, it feels like you're tapping an iPad. Yes, and, but it right? feels real good when the like you win the money. <laughs> it's crazy because I'm not a big fucking. I love money. You know, it's a wonderful thing. I like to have. I wish I had a lot of it. I I was gonna say I like to have a lot of it, but I, but Donald, I don't know what that feels like. <laughs> but even when I get paid and I'm borrowing. You know, I, I haven't paid the bills yet. Like, I even feel good in that, like, spot where it's like, you know, if I wanted to, I could just go and spend $1,000 right now. Yeah. It would fuck me for the entire rest of the month, and I'd have to end eating Easy Mac every right. day for dinner. But, but I could do that. Right. And, like, that that's the only time it feels good. So, anytime my account on, on any of the roulette games that we were playing, anytime it got up there around 80 to a hundred dollars, especially if I started with 20, I would just be like, Holy shit. That's all fake money. Like I get all that money and get to keep that money, but I would just fucking keep going, keep going. man. I couldn't stop. I can't stop until I lose it all. It's fucking weird. So that so that's actually like the definition of problem gambling. I know, I know. I feel like I'm just like I even do this thing where I'm like, oh, I'll just fucking bet it all, and if I lose, I'll leave. You know what I mean? And then you win, and you're like, now that's interesting. <laughs> no, you're supposed to leave then too. <laughs> Things are looking up. Yeah, I'll reevaluate <laughs> if I win when I have to fucking leave. Okay. Yeah, Vegas brought out a bad part in Brian. Yeah, my palms were sweating the whole time, and I would yeah, like, go like good. this, <laughs> swipe my palms off. And I he would be he... real normal, and then the ball would start moving, and then like all of his attention would divert away from him, and he would just be staring at that ball. <laughs> standing I can't up do too. anything. And he would be like, yeah. what's up with all these like chumps here? They don't even stand up when the ball. It's like they don't even care. The ball's spinning. <laughs> 
don't they they need to stand and they need to salute the fucking ball because the yeah. ball is the boss yeah. I feel like the ball is the boss tell me if I want or not boss I guess because I don't have a boss anymore right like I don't have a boss in this world anymore so I guess like feeling subservient to something I must like that I must like it like that ball's in charge of my money right yeah. now and what do I value more than almost anything my money like I spend most of my day thinking about my money and having meltdowns. Right. Well, and as like a one-time proposition, it's like you know, if someone came to you and was like, "All right, you can either keep that twenty dollars, or potentially lose it, or potentially double it." <laughs> as a one-time proposition, it's like, "All right, you know, it's a gamble." But when you're standing there over and over, like, no, no, I'm going to win more than I'm going to lose, I yep. think. It's like, that's not going to happen. Yeah, that's how I always feel, though. I feel like I, I well, I'm, of I turn course. $20 and $200. I can make it $2,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what Brett, Brett, I think, said the most valuable thing to me. He yeah. was like, you might double your money. You're never going to triple your money. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Yeah, okay. no, that, that's If you If that's you sit good. down with $500 and want to bet on it, you can walk away with 1000 bucks. you know. But you're not going to walk away with more than that. <laughs> 2000 bucks. Right. It's probably definitely no, not going to happen. No, I, uh, Brett, I was talking with you about going and gambling over at the local. And it was like, I'll go and gamble. I am not a problem gambler because I get really fucking bored. Like after... Three, four hours, I'm like, eh. Right. Like, I want a little money. I lost a little money. And, uh, you know, it's it's like you end up up a little, you end up down a little, and it's just, I don't know. Yeah, it's all playing. That's why I kept saying to him, I'm saying, I'm like, I'm like, you're going to even out to a point where you don't think that you're going to ever make money doing this, but then you realize it is fun to have money on the line. It is fun to be around all these weird characters that you would never be with ever in your life. That's the thing about Vegas that we liked was every person from every walk of life, from every class, from every religion, from every possible thing was smashed together. And gambling. And, and gambling. And they all like to gamble. <laughs> oh, that's the main thing I like about the casino is how weird all the people are. Yeah. yeah. That's what's fun. I mean, that's basically why I go down there. It yeah. attracts I mean, weird people. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird sure. thing. It's a, Brett, you know, people always describe it as like degeneracy. And maybe that's a piece of it, but it does really feel good to, it feels for, for me at least, it feels good to be doing something that people perceive as kind of dangerous because then it's like, oh, well, I'm able to do this. You know, yeah, yeah. it's the same thing. I talked, I talk a lot about how I'm afraid of roller coasters, right? But I will get in any mosh pit in the front of it. And I don't give a shit if I get punched in the face. Like, I don't care about, like, physical violence. I don't have a fear of this, like, physical violence thing. But I'm terrified. Yeah. I will never ride a roller coaster. And, like, uh... And it's the same people in the mosh pit that run the roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it, the roller coaster is probably safer, technically. But... I, I don't. I don't know. You never. I never heard a story about a kid at the Ohio State Fair getting killed in a mosh pit. I. That's true. But kids, people have been killed in mosh pits, though. I believe that's why they used to try to ban them. They used to try to make them against the yeah, law. And they Back used, when I was younger, that's why used, I loved them. They used to say you couldn't stage dive too. Yeah. 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 That. I mean, I think they still do that. But. Oh, people stage dive still, but they get yeah. kicked out now. Yeah. You know, but it's just one of those things where like we have different levels of like fear. We have different levels of kind of degeneracy or danger. And like that gambling in a casino made me feel like, oh, my God, I'm fucking doing something cool. I'm like 
doing something you're not supposed to yeah, do. Yeah, everybody said this was a bad idea. It's like yeah. smoking cigarettes. It's yes. Like everybody <laughs> said this was a bad idea. Don't do this. It's like, ha-ha, I'm here. I'm doing it, baby. <laughs> I'm smoking and I feel great. <laughs> I'm smoking and I jogged today. You know what I mean? Like, something like, yeah. But gambling is the same way. Because it looks cool. Yeah. It does. Everything's and fun and colorful. And it's fun. Yeah. 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 I don't like there playing at tables, scenes. though. Yeah. Playing at tables. Brett fucking made me look like a fool when we... Because he was like, follow my lead. But he was grabbing it. She was grabby as hell. And he was like... The, he got yelled at by the dealer at least five times for touching shit on the table. <laughs> they were a little more than I dealt with before it was at an old ass casino i don't know what it was but they usually don't care if you're that grabby with it yeah yeah well you were a little grabby and then i got grabby because you were grabby and then they were mad at both of us and i was like all right man i'm getting off this table i'm playing the machine roulette i play organic roulette which is a machine actually does the roulette with the ball but you you bet on a screen oh so the the it's not on a screen you can't control that yeah you know yeah. You can always control anything that's on a screen. Right. Uh, I guess I was... I uh, One of the topics I brought up that I wanted to talk about tonight was uh, orientation and, and my training. That I trained at places where, where, you know, the guy would just be... Like, it was always such a beautiful thing to have a guy look at you. Like, if you really got set up with a cool trainer person where they're like, Whoa, this boss is a dick. This one you can call off and get in less trouble. This guy is this. And like, uh, I just, you know, I've heard some pretty wild stories in orientation just because you're working so closely with another person that uh, I, I just want to hear those stories. But before we get to the calls, I want to talk about the laundromat. Okay. I went to the laundromat last Good night. time at the laundromat. I It was weird. Okay. I, I uh, got home at 1 a.m. from seeing Godzilla. Yeah. And uh, everybody was asleep. Well, my kid went straight to bed because she went with me, but my wife was already asleep. So I was like, I'll just go do the laundry. It's Saturday night, 1.30 in the morning. It's a perfect time to go laundromat, right? Sure. Like, there's nothing. There's Who would be there is the question. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> right. Seems like a peaceful time. Yeah, yeah. Who's doing laundry at 1 a.m. on Saturday? That is a fucking out there time. True, true. I get it. Which I didn't think about. And when I got there, I'm doing all the stuff. There's a lot of people there. Yeah. There's like a, uh, three older ladies. And then uh, there's a younger woman that's like 32. And then there's a couple that's in like their late 20s from the west side of Columbus. And then there is another guy that's talking on his phone the whole time. He's on the phone. But they all seem to have like this energy with each other that I couldn't really figure out until I went outside and this guy that was just fucking hammered. He was drinking something out of a paper bag in the back of his car. Okay. While he was at the laundromat. Like go sneak into the car to take swigs? Yeah. Yeah. It was just sitting on his back seat. He was drinking. Like he was really going off. And uh, he called me over. Yeah. To the across the parking lot where, where he was talking to this guy whom I assumed he was friends with. Like, I thought he was friends with the guy that he was talking to at his truck. And I just thought they were having like a little conversation after the bar closed because there's bars close by. Yeah. You know? And he calls me, hey, bro, hey. And I'm like, what? And he's like, you ever done LSD? <laughs> 
And I said, yeah, yeah. How many yeah. times you done LSD? I was like, a lot. I've done a lot of LSD. <laughs> right. <laughs> did it a bunch of times. Well, he found an expert. And uh, he said, I just did it for the first time. And let me fucking tell you something. It changes your mind. And that's why I'm trying to talk this guy, a guy he didn't even know. <laughs> he just a guy met he at the just met at the laundromat. Yeah. That he needs to do acid to cure his depression and to see the world for what it really is. All right. Does, does that does that work? I <laughs> think it's good. It does. Like <laughs> I know that when I the last time I did the um last time I super heavy tripped, I wasn't depressed for like six months afterwards. I felt very good. Like mentally, it just like kind of dissociated from the world. And when I came back, I felt like things weren't as big, and I felt like uh happy it, like all my anxiety came back but for a time my anxiety was gone i i felt like what i would call cured of anxiety so a good a short time a, a, sh a good short term yeah it's like a few months yeah seasonal that's a season change yeah just yeah. trip your balls off yeah, yeah. and so yeah. uh i start talk, talking to the guy too. and then he starts telling me like i went to this woman's house i was sitting down with her and she said i'm gonna be your trip sitter and she pulled out just the smallest little piece of paper, man. And she gave it to me. And I took it. I chewed it up, actually. I was like, ah. Oh. I mean, you can chew Doesn't it up. Matter. But you're, I thought you were supposed to leave it on your tongue yeah. for a little bit and then swallow it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he goes, I was like, this shit is bullshit. This ain't happening. He's like, then all of a sudden, I was just sitting there thinking. And I realized, Trump is a fucking racist. <laughs> <laughs> That was he said, and I said it to my friend, my trip sitter. I said, I, this is, the whole system's fucked up, and Donald Trump is a fucking racist. And she was like, you're just having a trip-gasm, baby. <laughs> and I just wanted to be like, I've never heard trip-gasm. I haven't either. 40-year-old man that's done it a lot. And I guess, like, a trip-gasm is when you just yeah, can have it. a breakthrough. Yeah. You know, when you're tripping. Right. So that happened, and then... I kind of was like, I'm going to get away from this guy because he is a lot. He's very drunk. He's very big. And he kept telling me I wasn't white. And I didn't know how to handle the situation. He was a black guy. Okay. And he kept telling me, you're not, you're not white. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm white. But I didn't want to sound like I'm white. You don't want to be black. I'm proud to be white. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, but he's telling me, like, you're you're definitely not white. Your dad's black. Your dad's black. I was like, my dad's the whitest guy you ever saw. <laughs> You've never seen a whiter guy than my dad. Oh, if so, that's the that's the thing, though, is you're, you're too honest. Like, if a guy was totally fucking wasted and he was talking acid and stuff to me and he's like, you're not white, I'd be like, you know what? You might be right. <laughs> that's Well, I finally had to, like, just yeah, be like, yeah. I find my my way of dealing with it was I go like this. I go, ah, maybe you're right. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah I said, that's exactly. You know, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I, I'm right. not confident now that you asked me. <laughs> now that you've pestered me five or dozen times, I mean, wouldn't I'm stop. not confident no more. Also asked me what I did for a living, which led oh, to no. that conversation. Oh, oh, my God. You did? To a drunk person? I, as hard like as I can try. He kept trying to, like, he kept trying to, like, figure it out. That was the problem with yeah. it. It was like yeah. I explained it to him as concisely as I could. And then he would ask me, so what I said was, oh, well, I, he asked me where I get acid 
And then he asked me what I do for a living, right? Okay. And I said, well, I get drugs. He's like, when you go to a different city, how do you get acid? Because he's taken his first trip. I know so much about this guy. Yeah. He's 32 years old and he's leaving Ohio for the first time. Cool. He's going to Las Vegas for seven days. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Wait, what? <laughs> he's flying to Las Vegas. This is a dystopian tale now. For seven days. Days. He'll have a blast, dude. That guy's going to be the king of Vegas. I know. He I probably know. won't come back. I bet he doesn't come back. I if he got that whole laundromat of people hooting and hollering. He did. He did. And he's he, going to be the king of Vegas. He was like, he was like, and I'm going to Las Vegas. And he's like, I got a question for you, man. How do you get drugs when you're in a city that's not your city and you don't know anybody? And I was like, well, my case is like a little different than... Most people, uh, I don't think you'll have problem getting drugs in no. Vegas if you're got, asking around the way that you're doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> I got offered them constantly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he asked me, I said, well, I have a podcast. That's how I can get drugs anywhere I go because I have a podcast and use drugs very openly on the podcast. And, you know, when I go places, people want to do drugs with me and sometimes they give me drugs. Like, that's how that's how I can get them when I'm not in the city. And he would, so he fucking stops dead in his tracks and is like, wait, you got a podcast? And I was like, yeah. He's like, but you go to other cities? And I was like, yeah, I do like comedy too. Like I, I do live shows. And then for the sake of shortness, I said, stand up comedy. And he just, for the rest of the night, he would look across the room and he would just be like, so you do stand up comedy, but also a podcast. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's the gist of it. And then he would be like this. So you go on stage and you do stand up comedy. He wasn't impressed. I didn't know what was going on. I was like, yes, that's how I make my living. I, I just like, I kept trying to reiterate to him. He did tell me to tell him a joke to which oh. I did what I do and said, no. Yeah. I tell people that's whenever somebody they don't like that. <laughs> I know. That's rough. Why can't you be fun like me? Why can't you drink <laughs> a half a bottle of Grey Goose like me? Be fun and tell jokes. I'm we a got mad at me because I said I don't drink too. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I don't drink. And he was like, you've been to, wait a minute. Oh, wait no. a minute. Yeah. You've been to Las Vegas and New Orleans and you don't even drink? And I'm like, well, drinking's not like the only thing at places. Right. You know, that's the only thing to do here. But yeah. This guy, and then he went in and argued with an old lady about Trump and Biden. He was pro Biden. Oh, that's nice. She was she voted for Trump, but she didn't like Trump. Okay, but she said so she voted for him because he wasn't a politician. Having a dialogue. Yeah, there. they did have. It was an interesting dialogue because it was like he would yell at her like he was giving her shit, where she would be like, "Joe Biden's racist," and it's like, "Motherfucker, you voted for Trump." First of all, right. <laughs> Joe Biden is racist. Right, you're right, but you're also going to own up to what, what you did. But he just kept yelling at her that Obama had record productivity when he was the president. And he also destroyed ISIS. And I was like, what is this is not an argument I would... Productivity, first of all, if I hear a president like raise productivity... All that means is he people had to work harder yeah. because of him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't so, want that. That was my night. I, that I, sounds great. I wish we could record at the laundromat now. That's yeah, where well, our office should be. <laughs> we did. Well, just to not. We, real quick. We did. A, uh, uh, we had to go to the laundromat uh, while we were on tour. And I had a water. 
And I stood up for a second to throw something away, and a guy scuttled over and jumped in my seat and stole my water. He <laughs> took half like, a water. He just took my water and was like, "All right, I was gonna get new water, I guess." It's is fun. it just? Is it because it's the desert and he just probably maybe? Did. I mean, it was probably it's water's hard to come by in the desert. It was <laughs> it's a fucked up thing about that place is they really are very anti-homeless and they're like there's oh. no drinking fountains anywhere anywhere. There's no public water available in the southwest at oh, all. Oh, okay. It's a no, weird I, fucking place. I've, it's like a weird cowboy libertarian Barry Goldwater situation where they're just like, if you can't procure water, get the hell out of town. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've heard uh, uh, I, I saw something where there's a lot of homeless folks that live in the tunnels under Las Vegas because yes. it's so dry all yes. the time. But then like two or three times a year it massively floods. Yeah, yeah. Someone then, at our Vegas show was telling us about that. Some of the locals, uh, yeah, said it's like a, it's awful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that whole part of the country is like vehemently anti-homeless. It's crazy. They man. are weird. All right, you ready to get into this? All right, we're here we go. We're going into the calls. We're going into the work. calls. Everybody, pray. Cross your fingers. Let's talk about sex, baby. Maybe. Let's, Let's not. Talk don't talk you. about sex Maybe. when you call in, unless you have a question about sex. I am very good. I'm like. Adam Carolla. <laughs> okay, thanks for calling Street Fighter Radio. Who are we talking to? Oh, uh, can you hear me? We, we can, can hear you. you. Yes. Sweet, sweet. Okay, hi. Um, my name's Evan. I'm from Georgia. I've been a fan for a while. Um, I'm, uh, I guess, I'm, I'm an organizer in Georgia. I'm, I'm working at the DeKalb, the People's Under Shutdown DeKalb County Jail. The place is a fucking dungeon. That's kind of why I called in. I wanted to talk about it. Yes, oh, okay, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you had messaged me, and I wanted to make sure we got this in. That was actually a thing. The other, the, one of the interesting parts of the conversation with at the laundromat was last night was between a guy and a woman comparing how much worse the jail is in Columbus than it is in Dayton. Which I find interesting. I oh guess he was telling me, or he was, they were explaining that, like, sometimes the smaller the town, the better the jail. Yeah. Like, that, that a larger city has the most vile jails. They have to spread it more thin. Yeah. The do budgeted dollars. And where are the jails you're organizing around? Um, there, it's, it's around, it's by Atlanta. It's in Decatur, Georgia. Okay. Okay. And what's going on down there? What, yeah, what are the conditions like? Um, so it's just everything. There's mold on the walls. It's like infested a huge portion of the jail. There's mold in the air ducts. There's the kitchens that they use to cook food are infested with cockroaches. That happened here. Um, actually, like is any, so that I guess the question, I guess the question I have for you is, uh, what is public opinion? Like as far as stuff like that, I, I can't imagine like, how hard is it for you to, like, kind of drum up support for improving the um, the position? So, it's been, it's been, we've been going, we've been doing this for a little while now. Like, we've done three, like, pretty big actions outside the front and some smaller ones. So, it's been in the public consciousness for a little while. And it kind of depends who you're talking to. Like, if you're talking to, like, the family members of people who are inside the jail, you don't have to talk to them. Like, they support you implicitly because they've talked to people and they know what it's like. Um... But in my experience, talking to people who aren't necessarily related to any of it, you tend to get a lot of the excuses that you get from people like, oh, jails aren't supposed to be nice and stuff like that. <laughs> They're not supposed to be deadly, though, either. Like, I think, yeah, I think the, yeah the death penalty, you know, is another thing. It's interesting that the things you brought up there because um, 
one of the things they, one of the main things that they talked about, the people at the laundromat that were talking about the jail last night was mold. It, that seems to be like a huge issue in the jails around the country yeah. is mold. Like they were talking about their food having mold on it and the cups where they got their milk mm -hmm. in the morning had mold in it and mold going up the, yeah, walls. the towels they use. The towels they uh, use. Some of the people. Yeah, like they, they'll reuse the same towels when they shower, and the mold will get infested. The mold will like get into the towels. And they don't get new ones. <laughs> and you had some. There were some photos that you were sharing too. How were those acquired? Um. So I'm not. Is it the picture of the guy with the trays? Yeah. We have a few pictures. Um. So that's how the whole thing actually started. Um. A few of the prisoners inside the jail, like they staged this protest by, on while well, they were having a video chat, they held up these plastic trays, like, saying a few things. One said, uh, uh, please help, we dying need food. Um, and that's how this whole thing started. Like, that one photo went viral on Instagram. The mother of that person got in contact with some of the people I'm working with now, and that's how this was all kick-started. In fact, the people who did that protest, the, the guards beat them, they shoved their heads in the toilet, and then threw them in solitary for several weeks. They only recently got out. That's awful. That's legal too, right? Because I've heard about that a lot. Like a lot of the prisoners that organize end up getting their asses kicked and, and it's perfectly fine with with the, uh, it's like not against the rules, I guess, or they find a, a way to do it legally, I it's guess. One of the thing, it's one of the things that's sort of te technically against the rules, but the process by which you enforce that is by filing grievances within the jail and... The grievance system in that jail and in most jails, I'm fairly certain in saying, is a fucking sham. Yeah. Like I've been looking at accounts from people who've come out, and the, it's unanimous that they've all filed multiple grievances, and they just get ignored. It's the yeah, it's kind of that thing with the cop asking the cops to investigate themselves too, right? It's like uh, I yeah, saw big. I saw a video recently. I saw a video recently where this like journalist went into a number of different precincts to report the police put report police misbehavior and the guy that was you know working at the front desk that was supposed to say, I'm like what do you want to report what are you thinking about reporting here well you got to tell me what you want to report before i'll let you give you the form to report it oh really you want to really you want to try and report this that's interesting and mm -hmm. they're like oh fuck it it's like they would get into screaming matches where they're like i'll fucking arrest you so you know if a prisoner is filing a complaint there's no fucking way right you know mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and even like in terms of like the reactions the police have had towards the um, towards the protesters, it was I was I started like relatively late. There was an action on April twelfth where four people got arrested. Um, then I kind of joined after the fact, and I the first action I was a part of, like my first one ever actually, was on the May fifteenth, and I and three others got arrested. Like the cops kicked my ass. And then, like, and then dragged me into the jail. I was in there for a day and a half. What kind of cops? Um, are are we talking about the um, the cops they, at the prison or the cop cops? Um, the first time for the first action, it was just the guards in the jail because it happened by surprise, and they were not prepared to deal with what happened on April twelfth. Like the protesters caught them by surprise, and they were just beating, but we they were we, out there beating people up. Um. What happened was the protesters on April 12th like forced their way into the jail. They got oh, into like shit. the lobby basically before they were beaten back, um, and then four people were arrested then. But it was just guards at the jail. Like they clearly were not ready for people who were willing to fight back. 
in that context. Uh-huh. But May 15th, it was, it was publicized on media so we can get as many people as possible. Like we got upwards of 100 people there protesting outside. And the cops were, they came out, there was at least 80 cops out there. There are pictures circulating of just how many cops were outside there. Um, they came out in force. There was like, there were different, they were from different like districts and stuff, like several different kinds. We have like video, video footage of it all. It was absurd. How many, how many protesters were there? Um, the May 15th one was a uh, hundred people. And there were 80 cops? It's somewhere like that. Yeah, was it was just like such a, a I've seen them. that a lot though. I've seen those like massive shows of force. They kind of hate it when highly motivated. Like, I think the police truly hate ant- prison abolition. I mean, it's obvious. It's such, it's such a stupid thing to have to say, but like, I think if on prison abolition people or people who are fighting for a more equitable criminal justice system are like the lowest on the police's kind of scum list. You know what I mean? Like, well, it's like if there was, um, if there was somebody trying to outlaw podcasts, you'd be like, fuck them. (laughs) It's like, yeah. Um, no, I can, because one of the four of us who was arrested, like I'm not, I can't name anyone. Um, but they were isolated from the three of us. Like three of us were, were left together. And then, one of us was separated. The thing that, like, what that person went through was horrific. Constant physical abuse. Uh, they were denied, like, basic services. They weren't allowed to, like, call outside of the jail, outside, beyond their initial call. Like, I heard the stories when it came out, and I don't think I would have survived that if I had had to go through that by myself. I mean, I... It was I, horrific. I've heard, like, just stories of people who voluntarily kind of checked into jail for a suspended sentence. Not like you can check in, like, a hotel, but it's like, hey, you need to come back in seven days and do your time in jail or whatever. You got a, a month to get your shit together, and then you got to do your time in jail for two or three weeks or a month or something like that. And uh, mm-hmm. it fucking... It sounded brutal with them too, you know, like it it just, it seems like there's not a non brutal jail experience. And it's also, I mean, me and Brett were down there in the Southwest and uh, I always had Sheriff Joe Arpaio in the back of my mind when I was in Arizona, like the whole time he's like being in one of those like tent cities, like was in the back of my mind. What kind of charges uh, are people? It's this is just a regular jail. This isn't a prison, right? Yeah, this is just a jail. See, and um, a lot of the people in there are just being held in either because they can't afford to pay bail, or or I've heard some stories coming outside of the jail of people who have actually like bailed out already, but have been held there like for a week still. Oh yeah, they yeah. haven't been let out yet because they don't have to let you out if they don't want to. It feels like they kind of are just yep. like, "Eh, I, I'll get to it when I get to it, motherfucker." Like we got a we got mm-hmm. a lot to do. We'll we're going to take care of it as soon as we can, right? I mean, and you they, can't. They do add on to people. <laughs> we're very sorry for the inconvenience. Yeah, yeah. They do add on to people's sentences like crazy amounts of time. I I Oh, yeah. Told a story on this show about a guy that was doing 2 years with a possible 8 and there were that his day to get out was coming up in like two weeks or he'd been in jail for two years. His day to get out was coming in two weeks and he got into a fight. Now he says it wasn't his fault, but everybody that gets into a fight says it's not their fault, but they added 
that other six years. He's got to stay there now for eight years instead of two but years. Oh, God. And that's a situation where you can't – I mean, if somebody is – trying to kick your ass in jail you can't i, I know mean, what do you what can you do well yeah if uh, i mean i just like i don't know why as we even get older we start to try to figure out who started it <laughs> like when we know that fights are these irrational things but we're still like who started it though who like really started that fight <laughs> yeah. yeah like there is a rational explanation for every fist fight is really a weird thing that we think it's so what what can our listeners do to help you help y'all uh you know raise awareness money or, or or whatever you would need um there's a few things that can be done um uh well i'll start with this if someone's like looking to follow what's going on if you on twitter it's at atlanta iwoc iwoc that's one of the groups who's helping organizing all of this um oh, i love the iwoc um yeah, uh, internet, it's the um, Incarcerated Workers Organizing Committee. That's like the prison abolition group. Part of the IWW, right? Yeah, they're they're uh, they're a part of it. Yeah. Atlanta. Um, yeah. Atlanta's good. So that's, that's if you want to follow. You're good. You're good. Go if ahead. You follow that. That's where to look. Okay. Sorry. Um, and if you want to, if you're in the area, any kind of support would be appreciated. If you're not in the area. One of the things you can do is there's a, something called the Atlanta Solidarity Fund, which is where the group that I'm working with, um, we collect funds. So if, people, so if um, protesters are arrested, we use those funds to help bail people out and to help pay for legal fees. Nice. So that's one thing that can be done. Cool. Um, other than that, uh, basic, basic awareness spreading would be appreciated. Like all any um, there's a, a there's a action coming up on July 1st. July which 1st. Is what we're building up to, trying to get the same numbers. Yeah, July 1st. Hell yeah. Um, so we're building up to that right now. All right. Uh, thank you. And follow those accounts because, oh. uh, yeah, show up to this action. I, I, would, I, I feel like I should – that's the kind of thing I want to go and do. Like, I, like if there was actions outside of the jail here, I guess I, like, have the ability to make those happen. But uh, I'm scared. <laughs> it takes it takes a lot of courage to go and you said you busted into the jail that kicks ass that's yeah. really sweet yeah like there's yeah. not a lot of people uh, I mean, willing I, to I, do I, that no i wish i was that brave no that was i wasn't doing it at the time when i got arrested i was just attacked i wasn't really doing anything wow. yeah yeah, yeah. So, you know well, you were there, and yeah. and they hate that about yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for calling in. I I really appreciate it. Oh. And follow those sites. Oh, thank you very much. Have a good night. Hmm? Prison. Uh, you too. I hate prison. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. More prison's a bad place, isn't it? I heard. I heard jail is worse than prison. Is that true? Uh, that's all bad to me. I right. mean, well, jail, yeah. but, but the difference between jail and prison is there's no like kind of setup for somebody that's going to be there for years. Right. Yeah. So yeah. like when somebody ends up sitting in jail for two years, they're in kind of a temporary holding place. Yeah. And they're dealing with like drunk tank people. They're dealing with meth people that are having a psychotic episode for a weekend. There's no like normality to it at all. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, like. There are so many things. Like Jake, Jake hung out with a bunch of people that were just there for like methamphetamines, like on the weekends or just sitting around. There was a guy that was there for two years sitting in jail for uh, child support. 
Like they kept garnishing his check and then saying you didn't pay and then sending yeah. him to jail and then he was in jail so he couldn't make money to pay and then they just kept adding more time and he'd been there for two years already. <laughs> Very yeah. shitty. It's just a, it's all a trap. There's so many, <clears throat> but people turn a blind eye to it, you know? Yeah. It's crazy because there's so many things that people go to jail for that, that they should. Like, really, jail should be, like, just a sparingly used thing. We use right. it as just, like... Someone that's dangerous that will kill other people or will, you will know, attack it, yeah. other people. Like, needs to be quarantined, you know? But, like, I don't think that, like, somebody not... who... who I, I just saw this story this week, but uh, somebody who uses a substance that the government doesn't like should have to go spend time sitting in a cell for, I just saw that the Bureau of Workman's comp is going to quit paying for Oxycontin. And, uh, that is such a, like, that's one of those times where the government gets involved with your medicine that you never hear any of the, uh, anybody yelling about. (laughs) And it sucks because like doctors aren't going to be able to prescribe this thing that actually works, (laughs) you know, provides relief. Yeah, well, and if you if you're on workers comp, it could be you know you were driving your semi and you got fucked up and you got your arms ripped off or something yeah. where it's like th- you need well something that's gonna work. You can't like take ibuprofen for it. Yeah, also, most people that are on workman's comp are on there for like incredibly painful right issues. Reasons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, let's see who our next caller is. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Oh shit, I made it on. You're on. Uh, Who's this? Oh, uh, my name's Nick. I'm from North Carolina. What's up, Nick? How you uh, doing tonight? What's up? How's it going? So I, like I said, I'm calling from North Carolina, but um most of the time I go to school out in Ohio. Uh I wanted to share with you guys like I got a, I got another story that relates more to your theme after this, but do you guys know about the gambling amendment to the Ohio Constitution? I do not. What is it? Uh, well, I know that it legalized gambling, right? Right, it did legalize gambling, but and this is I'm reading this from uh, the Ohio con- government casino control website. Uh, it authorized gambling, casino gambling at the facilities located at specific locations in Cincinnati, Cleveland, Columbus, and Toledo. Yeah, I was so, like, there is I was against the bill when it happened. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I was very I, against the bill. A because... friend of mine told me this. I don't think that you should guarantee a business in a state constitution. I don't think that makes any sense. I so at agree. All. And that you should legalize but, it and let it happen. And and also we had issues I felt like where the majority of Columbus actually voted the casino down and I think we should respect that. I think that if Columbus doesn't want a casino, they shouldn't have to have it. If the other places want it, go for it. But I don't think it's representative right. of what the city wanted. Yeah, but now it's like you know, like fuck you. It's in the Constitution that you can. Right. It's mandated. You can put a you can put a casino there. Right. Um, it's ridiculous. Also, I was gonna say like huge. Shout- I was just listening to Evan, the guy who called in before me. Like huge shout out to what he's doing. That is that is fantastic. Um, I love that kind of stuff. But anyways, um, the story I was gonna tell is about a really really shitty. Kind of job interview, kind of job orientation that I went through about a year ago. I, I've been listening to Street Fight for like a couple months now, but uh, they, I, I thought you guys would love this story. So, have you ever heard of a company called Ohio Citizen Action? Yes, I have. Yeah, I, I, I used have. to. Uh, I used to work for a place when I worked in the chemical industry, and uh, my boss hated OCA. 
Well, okay. <laughs> Why did your boss hate there you? There you go. <laughs> because fucking okay. uh, spread whenever bad news about poisons. Whenever the company would release toxins to the environment, they're like, "Oh, the fucking Ohio citizen action is getting <laughs> mad again." <laughs> okay. So that's good, but in reality, Ohio Citizen Action is a fucking terrible company. There's like these companies are all over the country. They're in Ohio. They're in every fucking state. There's a something Citizen Action, right? Just, and they say they're like an environmental charity. Yeah. But what it really is really one of those companies events. where you go door to door until you find some lonely old person who will talk to you, and you just fucking suck money out of them nonstop. It's terrible. Um. So I worked. Uh, well. I didn't work there, but I interviewed for an internship there before I really knew what they were and what they were about. And I go to the interview, and it's a pretty regular interview for the first part. And like at the end of it, they were like, hey, man, we really like you. Uh, come back for our second interview. And the second interview is literally just a day of unpaid work. Right. Like, you go around yeah, doing shit with that. And yeah, and that, that's all over the place. I'm like, fuck that. And uh, Wait, can I ask, so I was that... Was that day of unpaid work just you following a person around while they knocked on doors? Oh, yeah, 100%. That was exactly what it was. Um, and so, yeah, no, you're right. So I get there for this uh, for this interview where I'm supposed to, you know, do a day of unpaid work. And I meet, like, the guy I'm supposed to be following around. And he's, like, he's actually like, a pretty cool guy. We talk about, like, old sci-fi books and shit. Um, but... Um, they take us out, and I thought they had like kind of implied to me that we were going to be canvassing. I go to school in Cleveland, and they kind of implied to me that we we're going to be canvassing one of like the you know like kind of bougie nice suburbs around Cleveland. Yeah. And so we get in the car, and the dude driving the car just pulls up these fucking printed MapQuest directions, and he's like, "All right, we should be about there. We should be there in about an hour and a half." And I was like, "Where the fuck are you taking me?" And yeah. this is like this is the middle of February. And um, we go there, and I follow this dude around for like six hours of unpaid work uh, from about, probably from about like 3 to like 8.30, I'm following this dude around. And he just, uh, and at the end of it, he just hands me a clipboard, and he's like, I, you know, I think you really understand this shit. Like, how about you go try like canvassing that street? And I like go down the street, and I go to one of the houses, and I like knock on the door. And I start giving the speech and shit, and the guy, the, the guy who answered the door looks at me, and he's just like, kid, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, you're right, man. I'm not even getting paid for this shit. Like, you mind if I wait inside your house and I call it Uber? He was a super nice dude. He let me. And I realized, like, what? they've given me, like, no <laughs> Wait, you contact. bailed on the job? The they've guy called me- you on it, and you just bailed on the job? I, I was kind of realizing, okay, yeah, I think I told this story a little fast. There was sketchy shit all day. So, like, in the car ride down there, right, there was uh, there was this one woman, and her job title was foreman, and she made everybody refer to her as, like, the foreman. And uh, I like she was, like, uh, was, yeah, that's actually pretty badass. But <laughs> he goes, um, she was, like, okay, so we have, like, regulated conversations in the car ride out there, like, and she literally had this, like, printed off list from, like, the job, uh, from, like, the head office of, like, the company and stuff, uh, of, of, like, what we could talk about, and she was, like, asking all these questions and giving all these answers, and every time somebody got asked a question, they had to give their, like, observation, date. observation was what they called it, but it was, like, um, whatever the date was where you did, like, the unpaid day of work, and... 
people it was really that's really culty shit where people would be like, Oh my my name's Mark, my observation date was like May twenty fifteen. Oh. And uh and I was like, This is weird, man, this is fucking weird And so they you know, I do that and I'm going around with this guy and I'm just not really doing anything. I'm like I'm thinking in the back of my mind, like, what the fuck is going on here? And it ends with, you know, me like abandoned in like, you know, some random street outside of Akron. I had no <laughs> idea where the fuck I was. And uh and I was like and I like knock on the street door and he's like, What the fuck are you doing? And I was like, Yeah, man, just just fuck this. <laughs> and uh but yeah, that was about the shittiest job orientation experience I've ever had. I, I actually That's a bad one. I actually That's did kind of the same one. thing. I told I've told the story, but and it's odd. Yeah, I told a story about me being driven out an hour and a half away from Columbus to try to switch people's gas bill. Oh, you were an energy yeah. you were an energy slammer? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do it. You were, work, you were doing the same thing, but you were working for the fucking devil. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm just fucking with you. I was advertising. Was it was like, oh, God. You were just yeah, giving, dude, you were so just, awful. You're just giving people an opportunity for a better rate. <laughs> yeah. They told me it was an advertising job, and... The fucking goddamn one ad said, do you like heavy metal music? Do you think tattoos and piercings are cool when I had, like, my eyebrow pierced at the time? I was like, hell yeah, they're tight. Yeah, man. Yeah. What do you do? You trying to start a band or something? Do you want to work in a work environment that believes in heavy metal principles? I'll yes, do, I'll obviously. I'll lighting or something for a show. <laughs> they did the same thing to me. Like, all the ads were, like, you know, no job duties, and it was all just like, hey, man, like, we like the environment, like, we think big corporations are, like, evil and shit, and, like, you show up, and then it's just, like, fucking that is yeah. what you've got, and I'm like, oh, man. It's and they drive you an hour and a half away. And it's mostly fundraising. I mean, I've been, yeah. I've been dragged into those things where I signed up for, like, $15 a month, and then they call, and they're like, you know, we really appreciate that $15 a month, but we need a little bit more to make a big push, <laughs> That's and funny. I'm like, no, just figure out yeah, what no, to do with the, the 15 thing. It's like, like whatever you can get people to sign up for a month to month, that's enough. Don't call us. Don't. I know. How about you not hire people to call? Yeah, them? yeah. It is a similar thing. It was like uh, their script that they gave us was kind of like a like a flowchart type thing. And if somebody was just like, no, like fuck off, I don't care about the environment. I'm not going to give you money, whatever. Then you just like fuck off. But if somebody's like, I mean, yeah, like I'll give you a couple bucks. There was like all these like more. Um, there was all these more like segments of the script that just made you like yeah. uh, keep adding them on, like a couple bucks and a couple bucks. And I was like, yeah. oh, dude, that's you could really, really change a walrus's life for fifteen dollars a month. <laughs> that's right, I would fifty dollars a month. <laughs> when I was broke as hell, and they would come to my door, I would hand the motherfucker a twenty, and they'd be like, we're really asking people for like minimum fifty dollar de- donations oh, now. Yeah, and I'm like, like oh, we're oh, gonna get that for me, man. Yeah. yeah. He's, He's like, like, I, I can't, can't even sign you up for twenty dollars, and I was like, please don't sign me up. Yeah, I think I win. Yeah. I, I just paid you. me out of this. I paid you twenty dollars to leave me alone. Because I'll do that, man. Sure. Yeah, I signed up for that. Yeah, it's like, it's like, what is it? The the trailer bark boys scene. Like, I'm gonna pay a hundred bucks to fuck off. Some child came to my doorstep and was selling newspapers and was like, it goes to my college. And I'm just like, I want this kid to have college if he's really looking to have college. So I signed up for the paper. 
and they pestered me on every possible digital meet. Like they emailed me, they texted me, they called me on the phone. They're just like, you know, we'll, we'll pay you $15 and Applebee's gift cards. Just please say you want more paper. <laughs> <laughs> like they were bugging me so hardcore. And I'm just like, I only did this, you know, I paid $20 and that kid probably got $3 for his college yeah. fund. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you I'm know, done. you know what I like to do. You know what I like to do, Brett, is when they have, uh, when a kid, uh, and it's always like an older teen, when they come to the neighborhood and they're clearly running a scam, and this only happens like once or twice a year, but they're like running a scam. I will always, I'm like, you got it, yeah, like you got, you had. Yeah. The idea, you had the plan, yep. you came out to my neighborhood and like You I know earned that going. fucking money. Yeah, yeah exactly. You, I'm give you five or ten bucks. Yeah, Cause you, like you had you had the hustle and you go and you spend the money on on right. what you want. You yeah. invested yeah. all this money into movie theater boxes of candy and you came to my <laughs> yes. house and told me you do yes. a basketball organization that you're raising money yeah, for. I mean that's not even you a scam. You bought it for a dollar and sold it for no, five. That's no, not a scam, no, right? It's not, no, no, it's, it's not. It's entrepreneurship. It is. It is. No, and I'm like, fuck it, because yeah. I'm going to eat the candy. Right. right? I want the that candy right good. now. Hey, I'd have to walk across this fucking... Right, know, and it's one thing... We always get hit at ComFest. Like There's this outdoor festival park where all, always kids are running through with a box full of like Mike and Ikes. And I'm like, you know what? This fair food ain't shit. I'd rather have something I know. Give me yeah. some Mike and Ikes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> and what's the big problem? If I, think they, even if thing, though, I think it's one thing, though, when you get like when you get like kids running through the neighborhood who are just like trying to sell boxes. It's like, okay, you came up with the shit yourself. Like, I'm going to throw you the money. Like, you've earned it. But the other thing is like, Ohio Citizen Action and all its, like, you know, sister organizations is, like, just such this, like, big, like, corporate, like, blood-sucking entity that, like, that pissed me off, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, they're they're worse. I mean, they're worse than somebody buying candy and selling it to you for more because it's convenient. And I mean, they're lying, and they're, right, not, yeah. they're not working towards anything except for paying the bills next month. They're like, we need to raise enough money to keep the lights on here and pay my salary. Gotta pay, gotta pay the fucking CEO on the board of director's right. salary. You know? Exactly. Right. There's a lot of people that are doing a lot of good and making six figures a year, and they want to keep that kind of entrepreneur activism going. And if the kid... It, and if the kids are lying about having a basketball team, I mean, really, like, uh, for example, nine ninety nine a month for the WWE Network, and they supposedly they get they do give to charity. That money does saw, go to Connor's Cure. You know, I what I mean? when we were in Vegas on the strip Saturday night, eleven thirty p.m., I saw a forty year old TGI Fridays dad buying a mixtape. <laughs> and like dapping up the guy and be like, yeah, no, man, that was fire, man. And he gave him $20 for one of the not even real CDs, the half slim case. Dude, but that's like, like a CDR. That's like hustle, man. That's real that's money out there doing like real work to <laughs> make true. that money. Yeah. No, I respect you know, that. Like, you know what? Even Brett, if it is some degree like a scam or whatever. The last time I was in New York, I got hit up for mixtapes and like I bought them. I was <laughs> right. like, I was like, fuck it. There's that's nobody. There's nobody selling CDs. There's nobody like rapping for me on the street. Give me a line. Sell me a CD for like ten bucks. It was right. like because I was in. It was a long time. Yeah, dude. Ago. Most of the other music you just sit around. Well, I've seen right, so, to put so, on like a Spotify a couple years ago. Yeah. Right. A couple years ago, my senior year of high school, we um uh like my high school did this trip every year. I where we like went out to New York City for a long weekend. 
and one, this one kid got had like a boombox with like a CD thing in it, and he got everybody to just be like, "All right, listen, like, uh, go and like buy CDs from all the guys on the street." And like we did it, we would give these guys like you know five, ten bucks for the next day. The whole way home, we just fucking that kid just busted out that boombox and just bumped that shit at like That's max awesome. volume. It was That's hilarious. It. That's great. Right. It was great. Better than regular radio music, just shit that's piped into your head. Right. Well, and, and like I bought exactly. one for 10 bucks, and then the guy was like, for another 10 bucks, I'll autograph it. And I was like, wow. <laughs> you okay. I'm not an autograph collector, it's an sir. Investment, Thank dude. you. <laughs> you are a gambler, though. I'm not an autograph collector, though. I'm not a memorabilia. Me and Brett went to the Pawn Stars Pawn we Shop. We did. We went to Gold and Silver Pawn. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, they had a lot great. of cool stuff. They had the coolest shit, dude. Did they really? Cool yeah. shit. Jesus. Do you really like the guys in the show? I mean, I like. I laugh. So the thing I I learned this in Vegas. Uh, well, not in Vegas. Probably in Phoenix or something like that on the last tour. Uh, we were watching Pawn Stars in our first part of the tour a lot. And I noticed that they like make them read Wikipedias now, basically, where they're like, where, where like you know Rick's dumbass son will be standing there and he'll be like, well, actually, these kind of swords were used in the Crusades when they, and then start like, the reading the facts. The right so the this camera. is this is like Pawn Stars uh, season eighty seven or yeah. something. Well, yeah, it, but it is. There's a moment. I guess it's. I guess it's funny because it's been on for so long, and I remember like my suburban ass in-laws and girlfriend's parents that were so into it but now you realize it is so naked where they're just like in 1927 the Hoyle company was known as brown and bigelow you know and you're like you did not know that off the top of your fucking head dude you did not know that's the first sentence on wikipedia when you look it up. <laughs> i think so it'd be better if none of those guys like knew shit like they have, they have experts for like knowing shit like the guys on the show are just there to like fucking be funny and like do stupid shit like i don't want them to know stuff like you know yeah i love i like, like i don't want like telling math. me like the history of the oil company i like when rick is like <laughs> i gotta make money on that thing <laughs> and he does that like gritted teeth thing where he's just like i give me the damn product you know well um, hey man thanks for calling in i appreciate it you yeah wait hang on before i go can i make some real quick plugs yep um First of all, you guys were talking about reading some theory last week. Uh, I've been getting into this book uh, about income inequality. It's called Capital in the 21st Century by Thomas Piketty, the French economist, which, you know, like, fuck economist, but like, whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's been a really good book. Uh, it does a lot of good stuff about equality. But uh, more importantly, uh, I'm, I live in Charlotte, and uh, I'm trying to work with the uh, Food Not Bombs chapter. They're deactivated for the moment, but... Um, we are doing an organizing meeting at the Common Market in Charlotte Tight. to try to get it like back going and back like serving people food again. Uh, so if you're in the area and like street fight and you like that kind of stuff and think you know everybody deserves to eat food, like come to that. Uh, but yeah, and again, thank you guys for having me. It's been yeah. And how awesome. do they get in contact with you? Um, you would, I would go to the, uh, the Facebook page is just food, not bombs, CLT. I got in contact with a guy there earlier today. He said he made an event, uh, for the meeting on Tuesday morning. CLT? Uh, CLT. Okay. 
And you would think it was C A R, uh, but that's my opinion. I'm not right. Like no, that's that shit. that's yeah. the weirdest thing about baby. <laughs> it sounds like a chicken <laughs> lettuce tomato sandwich. Is C L T? Is yeah. that chicken mm-hmm. lettuce it tomato? Is yeah, that it's, a like thing? A, it's like a lighter than the bacon. It reminds it's me like of a, a dirtier <laughs> thing. CLT. Yeah, I thought to. I, yeah, anyway, well, now if we end up there, I'm gonna go put eyes between the L's and the yes. Thank you guys for having these. I love these call-in shows. I'm, like, geeking the fuck out that I got to be on here. Like, you guys are awesome. What you're doing is awesome. Uh, hearing from other people who do way, who do, like, really cool stuff on these call-in shows is uh, really inspiring. And uh, thank you guys. Hey, you're welcome. Have yeah, a good have night. A good Peace out. Doing stuff is, you in, too. is good. Yeah. And uh, you were a good caller. Holy moly! Yeah, yeah. That those jobs, those door to door jobs, selling shit is like yeah. they should just be outlawed. They're now. so yeah. I mean, it we should have just to, be over. <laughs> we have to come up with a better solution than trying to convince people to switch their energy every six months. And the people, the thing is, anybody who's out on one of those jobs, the people that answer the door, especially in like the bougie neighborhoods, yep. they're so fucking mean. Well, oh, really? So other bonk- Actually, there. I answer the door, and I'm always bonkers, man. I've had magazine people come in and smoke a blunt and <laughs> drink with me. I had another guy that was like, "You like records, man?" And like, I'm like, "Yeah, I like records." And he was telling me all these collectible records he had. Yeah. And he was like, "I'll come back and sell them to you if you want them." And he actually showed up a week later with records to sell. Did to you me. buy a record? I off did him? buy records. Hell yeah. yeah! That's a fucking sales person. Yeah. That's a he's a prodigy. Yeah, <laughs> he did not sell any energy at the time. I mean, salespeople are—you know—I I put them at like a, I would just be like a, I would a troops level at that time. Fascination. I would an, I would basically answer the door wearing long john pants, just long john pants and a t-shirt, and I would open the door and be like, "Well, I'm not gonna buy anything, but if, do you want to get high or something?" <laughs> and then I would <laughs> offer them weed or like a bowl, <laughs> and if they wanted, they could do it. If not, like I would just tell them to scram. You're because I'm not gonna fill in any. I don't want to fill a shit out. I don't ever want to do it, and I just say like, now I listen to him all the way through. I got switched to that wind energy. Some lady came over and then told my daughter corny jokes like off of uh, Laffy Taffy's and popsicle stick jokes. She had some good ones. I forgot them all. <laughs> I want to work I just, kids. I don't do kids material. <laughs> yeah, I know. We don't I'm have not to trying to entertain ship. kids. She's going to have to grow into my stuff. I'm yeah. not going to reach down for her. Yeah, no, we did. A, uh, I, I kind of get to the door and try to give off an I wish you would leave vibe. <laughs> yeah. Like, try not to all be in your head, outwardly though. mean. Yeah, that's you know? how you flirt, too, probably. I do not do that. <laughs> I'm thinking about sex so hard right now. She's got to notice. <laughs> I am like a dude that thinks I can give a vibe off. Right, that it would just radiate from you. Yeah. I feel like I see other people's vibes. Yeah, that's true. I'm with you. I read, you know? I live off of people's body language and stuff. Sometimes people are surprised. I'm like, that person fucking hated you. They're like, what do you mean? I was like, they stood with their, their, their hip just it out at you and their arms crossed in your direction the whole time they were not happy with you right some I, drunk stupid guy that doesn't you know i'll do this I'll, I'll do like an i'll do an impression of me when i answer the door yeah yeah what's this oh oh no uh what's this not you gotta say what's this nonsense i used to try this <laughs> you, you know nonsense. what i do now that's horrible but, and this is brett's fault actually because a few years ago he hit me to it and uh then made fun of me for not doing it i hide 
I don't yeah. know. Oh, yeah, anymore. you can actually hide. You <laughs> yeah. can't just hide. I thought you just was, avoid the sitch. I don't know why, but I was just always like, if you're home, so you have to duty bound. That's the <laughs> duty bound. I always, I always do it because I'm like, who knows where this will lead? I agree. Not me. If I'm I not, do. if I'm not in the middle of eating, if I'm in the middle of eating, I'll answer it, and it'll be some guy for Windows, and I'll be like, straight up, like, <laughs> I'm not gonna buy Windows. <laughs> And I'm like eating dinner, so like all respect. Good luck. Yeah. Have a good one. But like I'm gonna I'm gonna let you, you move. You are on duty now. bound to answer that door. Brian's right. I mean you could you could hide. The only hide. uh I tried to hide once from the cops. It didn't Oh no, you can't hide from the cops. It they'll, didn't they'll work. They in. kept they'll knocking. come get you. They, they will kept... come get you. Well yeah. it was there was some teenage this was a long time ago. There was teenage girls banging on the door and I opened it up. And they were all wet. <laughs> okay. And they're like, please let us in. There's a guy chasing us. And I was it, I was extremely intoxicated. And I looked at him, and I shut the door, and I locked it. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I could have seen that, though, too. Yeah, that seems like That's a, weird... a bad situation for a dude. I was like, I... I don't even know what's going on. Yeah, you don't want to I, get involved with that. But you should yeah. have looked out the and window then, to make sure something bad didn't happen. Like just be yeah, able to watch them, yeah, watch them get murdered from the window. Well, no, no you can I come was, out if the murderer came. No, hey, I don't got, murder them. Stop. Yeah, that's what no, I, I got like the thing. I ran, I ran up to like the furthest away corner of my apartment. I sat there and I was like, "Fuck this!" And then it was like, and it's like police, and I was like. What? (laughs) (laughs) And then it was like the whole situation, I guess there were people and they were throwing, they were on the bus, they were throwing drinks on each other, but it seemed more serious than it it was. Weird. Weird. Because- Why were the police involved for throwing, throwing drinks on each other? They don't like it when you throw shit on the bus. We so many times got yelled oh, at by you a get cop arrested for throwing stuff on the bus. No, we happened, got yelled at though. They would stop and bring the cops on the bus, and the cops would yell at us. What happened <laughs> is they they stopped. What time was this? It was like, it was at night. It was a code. It was a city bus. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm I thought thinking about school, school bus. bus. I'm like, yeah. are you no, not a school. When school's getting out, like, well, I was I was blasted because my daughter was about to be oh. from school. <laughs> 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 no, this was, was like. This was before I. Coda this bus. was before I had a kid. Yeah, and I lived throwing in the, water all over the Coda bus. Well, I, it may have been a soda or something. Anyway, they were wet, and then there was another guy, and he was wet, and the cop was dry, but the cop was pissed, and he's like, "There were people knocking on your door," and I was like, "Yeah, what do you do if a stranger knocks on your door and says I have to come in? There's somebody chasing me." Yeah, I was like, "I shut the door. What the fuck?" <laughs> right. I'm high. Right. Did now. he arrest you like that Seinfeld episode? I did not. <laughs> I did not get arrested. Oh, good, good. Can good. I tell you guys something? That you're happened? allowed to be. You're allowed to not get involved with shit. Yeah, you. Yeah, you can just leave. You can leave yourself. I'll give you five dollars if you got a good scam. I'll give you five dollars. Please don't. Like, <laughs> can I? Kids, please don't, don't ask to be uh, housed in my home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Can I tell you all something exactly. that happened to me last night at uh, the movies? Okay. Yes. Me is this after the? Is this after this the pre-laundry mat? Pre-laundry. Pre-laundry mat. I pulled up to the movies, and there's a guy walking in the parking lot barefoot. Um, no, good, I, that's good legal. sign. That's I like legal. It. I don't like it. It's a good He's sign. Dirty yeah. clothes, but he was checking cars. He was like, you know, uh, checking the door handles, checking to see if the cars were unlocked. I saw him do like three or four of them, 
And uh, I was like, I have like no, I, I'm not gonna go tell. The yeah, fuck police. it. Who cares? Those people deserve to get stolen from. Them. Yeah, fuck. So them. I just locked the door. And put my. I was with the teens, with my daughter and my niece, and they're like, we gotta fucking tell somebody. No, you don't. And I was like, the Sometimes only you thing don't. that's gonna happen when you tell somebody is a cop's gonna beat them up and maybe take them to jail. Yeah. But like, I did feel sort of conflicted not doing anything about it. Like, I, I locked my door and was like, I'm going in. I'm locking the door. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know what I mean? But I felt complete. I, you don't think I, you don't think it's weird to, like, just allow something like that to happen? But, again. I mean, I, I guess in other times in my life, but now it's just something like, um, I mean, I'm at a point in my life where I'm so comfortable if I get stolen from. I'm like, yeah, I deserve that. You yeah, know, I, I'm just living too much. Too. I live on the good side. Of the, I literally live on the good side of the train tracks. I came from the other side. Anybody takes from me, I don't give a fuck. And he's probably just stealing change. Right, it is. Ray-Ban sunglasses that he's selling for $20 to a pawn shop that's going to sell them to 45 Yeah, because I was trying not to... I, like, real... I Because my daughter wanted to tell, and I was like, It's just not worth your time. Yeah. Let it alone. If it it doesn't concern you, just let it alone. (laughs) And then the thing is, is, I mean, even if we're, like, I'm not (laughs) pro-snitching... But, like, if you did call, then it'd be, like, you're on record, and you're a person of interest, and you're a party of it. Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, it's just fucking, it's not. Yeah, you don't, you wouldn't go down in front of all them police and that judge and tell on this guy? No. I didn't say, yeah, I don't want to say shit, you that's know, That's but... the thing, you could get dragged, you could get dragged into it, and it's some guy, and you don't know what his life is like. Right. Well, he's barefoot, so yeah. obviously <laughs> right. wrong. Like Everything's said, I mean, wrong. Yeah, that's the deal. Yeah. That's just the deal we have. Well, that's why I explained to them. I was like, some people just need shit, man. And I don't know what to tell you. Like, I, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of people that I've met that for, that decided to just become criminals out of nowhere. Decided right. to to be a barefoot person that <laughs> is trying doors to make money. There's like, nobody I know that's decided to do that instead of you know pursuing other things i do wish he'd been more discreet so that like we didn't literally see him try three doors. <laughs> yeah i get and it. he saw us and he yeah. was yelling at us while he was doing oh, it. oh he yelled at you <laughs> yeah he was yelling yeah. at okay, me in the parking that was... lot and i was like i don't fucking like yeah, i don't know tough. i was like let's just go watch godzilla everything's gonna be yeah. okay after godzilla he's gonna be gone he's you gonna got what he wants <laughs> you got insurance yeah you can pay the deductible You're he's blessed. not gonna take anything um, i lock my doors right you know not smashing windows. Who cares? Nobody smashes windows. The, the, the window smash. I got a window smashed once. When? Main Street, when I worked at insurance agents, Main Street and 3rd, over there by Dirty Frank's Low Palace, Got my shit smashed for a Zune and a GPS system. Well, you had some shit. I had, I had the motherfucking, uh, the little GPS hanger. Yeah. Back when you couldn't get it on the phone. Back when you had to have like a unit. You had to have a Garmin. You had a Garmin or Garmin. <laughs> <laughs> we both said to both of the companies. Yeah. Motherfuckers was just driving into the lake with those I things. was like, <laughs> all the time you would hear somebody drove into a fucking yeah, lake. It just followed it. But fucking he was driving, he was three quarters of a mile into the forest. I don't know how he died. Yeah, they would take you to some fucked up places. We tried to get to Six Flags when it opened. We ended up at a dead end alley. Yeah. Just so we could see the park. Like in the distance, we could see it. We're just like, it said to come here. It says we're here. We drove uh, to Baton Rouge with MapQuest when it wasn't great, right? We had to go down there. Yeah, printed out (laughs) (laughs) from Ohio to Baton Rouge on like four sheets of paper, turn by turn directions. When we got there, we pulled into the parking lot 
And it was supposed to be a hotel, but it was a giant plantation house. And I was like, whoa, this is really nice. And they were like, this is definitely not the right place. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see who's on the line. We All got, right. We got calls. We got calls coming in. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? What's up? What's up? <laughs> what up? <laughs> God love your shit. Uh, it's God. Nice, right? Sorry, go ahead. It's uh, Stasi Baby from the uh, Discord server. What's up? How's it going? What's going on tonight? I'm just uh, I'm cooking some pizza from your anarchist cookbook videos. Oh, oh you yeah. watched the vids. That's a good dough. Yeah. It is a good dough. It's so the one I still good. use. It's a very versatile dough. It doesn't take a lot of effort. Just like an hour, hour and a half sitting around. How great does making pizza dough make mm-hmm. you feel? Pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. enjoyable. Anything that has to rise makes you feel like a god level cook. It's Any way- food with yeast makes you feel like, damn, there's nothing I can't do. I can raise dough. <laughs> And it's way better than buying the frozen pizzas because you can just uh, you know, right off the bat, no. Worst thing in the yeah. world. Yeah. He like how young? Yeah, how young? He's like 20, 21. But you know what? The, how old are you? Can I ask? Twenty, twenty-one. Oh. Well, then I can't tell you that young men just do that. What's the kerfuffle? The uh, young man he works he's got a new guy working with him just started working with them and they work at a restaurant and he's a line cook and he keeps talking about how all the waitresses are hot. Oh, that's pretty nat. That's pretty normal but for a 2021 year old. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Cool. Yeah, yeah, but that was literally the first thing he ever said to me. Right. That's crazy. That's Actually, that was the second, second thing that, yeah, that he ever said to me. The first thing I was listening to some death grips in the back. And he just walked past me and he goes, that's some high IQ music you're listening to. (laughs) (laughs) He was complimenting you. This guy seems like he likes to compliment people, but gets it wrong. He likes (laughs) brainwaves. He's like, you're a fucking intelligent guy and all these waitresses are hot. This is the best place I've ever worked. But um, the next thing he ever said to me was, "Have you ever heard of Jordan Peterson?" Oh, oh God shit. damn it! Fuck. I thought we, I was going to help you reform him, but there's a lot of work here. Yeah, why does that happen? What is going on with you, young people? You're 20 or 21. What's going on out there, man? Um, young men are people fucked. spend so much time watching YouTube, and then they smoke a lot of weed, which I'm guilty of. But you know, I. I've, I do other things um, you, when I'm high, like in the street fight. But can I, I ask you? Uh, no, they, can I ask you as a person? Okay, I'm a young, I'm an older guy, and when I was mm-hmm. younger, I had a real fucking preoccupation with older adults liking me mm-hmm. and like being. Do you think mm-hmm. that is part of it? Like that, it's just people are like this. I want to live up to this Jordan Peterson shit. He he cleans his room, you know. <laughs> no, I. To be honest, I want to say I've had this experience myself, where it does feel like everybody is mad at white guys, and it really sucks to be just like a regular old white guy. 
it feels that way. Like they, they have a reason and they have a whole group of people and there is a lot of, you know, they go and they find one person that tweets that has 10 followers and says, kill all white guys. And then they just pass that around, <laughs> you know, like they're being attacked and shit. And Jordan Peterson tells them they're in danger, but heteronormity is still like rules everything. You know, it's like, it sucks because it's yeah, like, people, uh, he has started by stalking the girl that he was dating. Oh, fuck. Also this is this guy's guy's okay. Yeah, yeah. He, he's just very, very bad. So now you're but, um, luckily, with him. everyone realizes it. But it was just very strange to have, like, one day him just being like, hey, you heard of Jordan Peterson? And then the next, like, three days later, everyone's like, oh, yeah, he showed up at our house at 6 in the morning. God damn. Like, well, those yeah. guys have so much trouble with interaction women. and soci- sociology. Yeah, they, I don't, just, they don't understand a lot of it at all. They really are too much in their heads and are very misguided mm-hmm. about what the interactions are. I'll say this. I don't think they like to work at a relationship. That too. I think there are a lot of women out there that are the same way. But like these are just people that don't think that... a re- there are a lot of people out there, especially Tom when Lycan, you're... This is the part of the Tom Likas yeah, as well. I think 18 to like 25 years old, I think, where like you feel like a relationship shouldn't be work. Like that, that true love mm-hmm. means that you don't have to work yeah. at loving the other person or being in a relationship. And that's like a really romantic notion. And goddamn, man, it's not you know, true. I wish it was true, but like sometimes she listens to the show too. She goes, sometimes I don't like my wife. Like sometimes we're fighting and and like I don't I I love her with like all my heart, but it's the same thing with like Brett or my sisters and brothers and stuff like that. It's just like I love you all. But like right now, I fucking hate you, and I'm like I and I have to. That's things that I have to work on too, and maybe that let making making the other person aware of that. And, and I no, think a lot of those guys, I'm sorry, and I think a lot of those guys believe that that relationship, that their relationship with a woman, shouldn't be any kind of work or put them out in any way. And then they have these guys that tell them. That, well, yeah, know. they've assigned themselves to stereotypical yeah. masculinity, and they can ask, act however they want, and they shouldn't have ex- ex- ever expect to be changed or to compromise or stop. No, yeah, that's exactly stop. What, what you're saying, Brett, is exactly what he was what he was doing because when he was training me, he tried to pull some like macho bullshit, right? Of me like not respecting him, and like because he's my trainer, I have to respect him. Okay. So obviously very even to having like just hierarchies that he is at the top of. Yes. What what um, did he say? Did he just say, Why don't you respect me? Pretty much. We, we were getting busy and I get like quiet and serious when I'm focused on getting a lot of orders out. Um and so I guess I like didn't answer him nice enough. Oh no. When I asked for something or something, he was like, Dude, you gotta respect me. You gotta do that. I'm your trainer. You gotta do that. You, you, are you disrespecting me, dude? Oh my and then god! Went and sat for an hour in the back. Oh god! And so you're still working with this guy? No, he he left. Good. Okay, you're lucky. That was, was last day. Yeah, yeah, I'm real lucky, which is why. I will say one thing is that even as a young man, you might be called into the MGTOW lifestyle, the men going their own way. And maybe Tom Likas, baby. Women aren't worth it. Or maybe you think Tom Likas is right. 
But once you see the lived experience of the people that do that, you will never in your life think that's a good idea. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> the way that they flame out and just look so bad and are so embarrassed. Hopefully the Jordan Peterson guy realizes in like two or three years that like that whole thing I is have to say, dumb. We ha- we're going to have a lot of guys that are going to eventually realize it was stupid. It's going to take a few years, but eventually it's gonna. this stuff won't make sense. After everybody that does it mm-hmm. looks pathetic. Oh yeah, and MGTOW is the one that you know that one. Oh yeah, that's the like, yes. I, that's it's. I feel really. My problem is that I have. You heard of irony poisoning? Yeah. I was talking about this with my buddy. I have mm-hmm. empathy poisoning. Like I feel bad for the guys. They're so fucking bad. You can see why they're you. so fucking awful. But I feel bad for them because. The reason they fall for this is that these guys are out there like Jordan Peterson or whoever else saying, this is so simple. Life is so simple. Dealing with other people is so simple. And it's not. It's super fucking complex. Yeah. And so they Mm -hmm. fall into this idea that if they just do these simple rules about being a dick to everybody, that everything will be really cool (laughs) and really easy. Yeah, they're miss. They they believe in the intel. Mm -hmm. They believe in the IQ of everything and the thinking through everything. They don't understand the emotional intelligence that's required to connect Mm -hmm. and to be vulnerable and to show who you are in front of people and be a little embarrassed or not know everything all the time. I think when I was younger, I had a problem with like, I wanted to know everything all the time. I wanted to be a guy that had an answer and could explain stuff and would get embarrassed if someone else knew more. And it just made me, as I scrambled for more relevancy, it was like, Totally unnecessary. Totally fucking unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. Nobody has it figured out. One and, get, and like the things you're talking about are things like like liner notes and fucking heavy metal albums. Yeah. Or like <laughs> fucking horror movie facts. Who produced, yeah. Yeah. The first house on the haunted hill. Yeah. But but like, yeah, I, I think the MGTOW thing, like anybody who's met one of those guys knows that it's like a sort of pathetic and sad lifestyle but i've talked about this on the show before and i think the that what drew is talking about is is something that i agree i have a lot of empathy for like lonely men you know what i mean yeah sure because like i i am a very lucky guy that made friends as an adult but you guys do understand that like adult men don't really make friends you know what I it's mean? really it's really hard here's the thing is that basically when you're in school you're in with a bunch of people that you don't know and you're in a situation you have things in common you have problems you solve in common so you're bonded together it's like fucking survivor right, right. whether you're in school or whatever and then when you have or these work yeah or work, work exactly is easy that's the most reliable place people have friends and then that dries up and then but even then like a lot of people refuse to hang out with people from work yeah, i didn't hang out with anybody at the cable company for more than like maybe two or three times because i was like i just don't want to like get attached to these people because right i could end up leaving i hate this place well you know? and it's rough because you know when you have work friends and you hang out with people from work and you like talk to people from work and then you don't work there like they won't fucking talk to you i know you know, no, no, you know that and you're afraid of being hurt mm-hmm. you're afraid of well, being like it's gonna hurt my feelings so bad if i leave or this person leaves and i'm not gonna chill with them anymore right you're totally right yeah i want yeah I, I just if from yeah i guess it is you call it that way but i'm saying i always think of it as like i just don't want to get involved like i'm not going because you know you don't care 
once I don't work here, we're no longer friends. And it is, it happens so often that like, you're so a part of someone's life, like intense experiences you have with people, then they get fired and you never fucking, it's like, yes. Uh, well, we talked about that. Should I text them? It's like, I don't know. It's been six weeks since I text them. Guess I'll never see them again. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that thing though, with like, uh, Brett told me a story yesterday. We were out at this like concert thing and Brett was talking about how like he is in, like a whole generation of pictures of a family that he doesn't oh. talk to, period. And Hall anymore has it in 10 years well, and doesn't even know them anymore. Yeah, we had an issue where recently someone's wedding that we were going to go to, they were like high school sweethearts and they went and they made it through college and they got married and then they found mm-hmm. out one of them was cheating on one for the last year. And they have a whole wall full of pictures mm-hmm. with this person in it. And I was like, oh, I did too. Like, I was an usher in, a, like, a, a girlfriend's wedding. And I was just literally like, please, come on, do not put me in. I don't want to be a part of this. And I'm like, no, we insist. And now I'm in, like, someone's wedding photo standing there in, like, a suit that they bought for me. Because oh. they thought it was going to be some true love Friends thing. Friends And I was baby. like, no, no, I'm not. It's not. You're going to be in this family forever, no. Brett. I can't imagine life without Brett. And then one month after the breakup, it's like, who, Brett? <laughs> but that's come. I mean, there's lots of pictures on people's walls like that. I know, I know. Well, thanks for calling in. I appreciate you. You got some stuff. I wanted to hear what you guys thought about Albuquerque when you all performed there. We loved it. Albuquerque's phenomenal. I love that place. It's the best food I've ever had on tour. I'm serious. Best food we've had. The city was great. The people were wonderful. Uh, Great views. It was really cool. And they had way more pride. I'll tell you what. Columbus, Ohio is way into itself with all of the products and t-shirts it sells. Everything was fucking Albuquerque there. Like, it was out loud Albuquerque. I love that city. I would love to go back and hike all over them plateaus. Yeah. I love you, New Mexico. You truly are the land of enchantment. Thanks for calling in, buddy. Oh, yeah. Surprising amount of performance places. I don't know yeah. what the fuck is up about that. Yeah. God, that's so crazy, Drew. I am, like, 100% with you that like i have this empathy for lonely dudes that like end yeah. up doing like you're like oh what a fucking like they go to MGTOW and you're like MGTOW, i know what you know thing, you know like, what you it, know why I mean, when you fight it. yeah because you're like there but for the grace of god like you could have very easily because mm-hmm. the MGTOW sign is like a road sign and it's a straight road, and they veer off. And like, we took the straight road. Yeah, yeah. we're like, we're gonna be fucking be cool and try to have friends and try to like date and try to have a yeah. good relationship with somebody. Maybe, and, and maybe take some, make it take a little feedback from a woman. Maybe maybe give it a yeah listen. yeah maybe <laughs> a little bit. Maybe hey, what are what are my partner's emotions? I don't know. I could listen. Right. I don't know. Right. I could just talk to them directly. Yeah. I think it's time to take a break. Okay. And then uh, we will come back and answer the rest of these calls. Do we have music? We music? Or is that possible? Um, God dang it. Okay. Oh, okay. Sorry, man. We'll play music here in a minute. Um, but yeah, I agree. I have, find it. I, I mean, I, 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 I honestly, I have empathy for everyone. I, I do see how easy it is to be massaged into a path, no matter what it is. Like, society just greases the wheels for you. And if you're going to buy into that, like, heteronormative, like, macho bullshit does work for a lot of you know psychos and sociopaths and good-looking people um but there's going to be some losers in that game and if you're going to 
treat every woman like they're a conquest or something, they uh, don't tend to like that. <laughs> you know, like you're just not the we have a way less success rate. Than, I yeah, than I, just respecting somebody. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I I heard once that women are people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. Just want to make sure we get it out there to the yeah, listeners. You yeah, know, hip them to that that new shit. Make sure they stay woke out there. That, 20, the thing, that 2019 <laughs> shit, right? Here's yeah. the thing, dude. Uh, I am kind of uh, I had to learn that, like yeah, myself. I mean, like I had, I was in my 20s and early 30s, and like I thought I like. I didn't. I don't think I thought I was a feminist, but man, did I really buy into like the traditional gender roles and macho bullshit and stuff? I mean, yeah, I really you're still in there. Brat. You're still in there. You no, have a different version of it, right? I think I'm into the macho bullshit and all that stuff, but like, I do think that like I make it. A, um, I got it. Oh, you sent it already? You sent something? On, okay, on what? that's on fine. Yeah, he sent it. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm just the dude that, like, I understand what you're saying, like, that I still am into, like, real macho bullshit, but I feel like I try to listen to, like, women, sure. women more, and, like, I respect their opinion the same, but I really well, I think do believe a... that I didn't in the past. Like, I really was a person no, you're right. that didn't respect women's opinions about things the same. Music is a great example. Like, I remember telling Katie... Women don't have good taste in music, and they only like what their boyfriends listen to. Oh, man. Damn, telling on yourself. Wish we would have had that music cued so <laughs> they couldn't clip that shit out. Well, I did say it, though. It's just something that's for it. real. And then, like, it came back later on in life. That. Like, I'm embarrassed about saying something like yeah. that. You yeah, know what I mean? Sure. That's, like, a super embarrassing thing, and somehow I veered out of it. But just even thinking, like, you know me, and you know I'm not, like, a huge asshole, and you know I try to, like be a good person but even like a, i was seduced by that sort yeah. of thing well and that's true you're talking about veering one way you can also veer the other way and just not be so tied up in masculinity that it's important to be like the breadwinner and you have to make the most amount of money you know that's my wife makes more money than me i don't give a shit that changed you know? me a lot you know and then the all of the housework and all that stuff and making it all together it is better as a partnership like i i feel like the standard, you know, uh, traditional relationship of having my wife pick my clothes out for me, you know, and going and like bowling once a week or something seems fucking awful, you know, just yeah. living at the whim of, you know, a woman that d does everything for me. Like I'm a fucking baby that can't take care of myself, you yeah. know, does all my laundry. It's just, it's fucked up. Yeah. It's just, it is an easy world to get seduced into it because it takes very little work. And young people, and you know, you person. want to, you, you're scared when you're young and you haven't had a lot of chances and you haven't just had your heart ripped out and realized that you're going to make it through. You haven't lived through that enough and you're very scared and you don't, you feel like you're going to get taken advantage of when you're 20 years old, that some, you know, woman's going to come break your heart and leave you there stranded and vulnerable and looking like an asshole. Something that I just said earlier to that, to the person that called was like, you know, uh, but it's fine. That's life. You know, it's part. I mean, it is part of like growing up. It just is, is like really sad that these, these 22 year olds, again, I believe that a lot of 22, 23, 20, even like even people up to like 27, 28 are st seeking approval from people that they perceive to be adults. Right. But they're actually like, you're an, an adult. 
You know what I mean? When you're 22, you're an adult. But Not I remember really. always being like, I'm telling my dad or talking to my father-in-law at the time about like, yeah, I'm really interested in the Revolutionary War and like all the stuff that happened and like what Thomas Jefferson was into. You're Let's talk up. about you're all this up. stuff. And I felt grown. Because I was invited to a fucking luau party <laughs> by old adults that yeah. had 50-year-olds at it. Yeah. Like, I was like, I'm finally, I'm, I'm a grown, grown I'm up. at the adult table. You know? All right, let's get but this But I was in. a dumb shit idiot kid. Yeah. You know? Let's get this break in. We got some music here from James Curry IV. This is called The Meat Machine is the name of the album. We'll be back in like 10 minutes. We're Street Fight. <laughs>
Hey everybody, we're back. I hope you enjoyed that song by James Curry the Fourth. Uh, where can you find them? Let me let me Bandcamp. Let me find it. Yeah, they're on Bandcamp. Just go to jamescurryiv.bandcamp.com if you want to listen to more, support more. Oh, that's some. That's the dude out of. Uh, that's the Burgerville guy that we had on stage at our nice. Portland, Oregon show. Yeah, yeah, good guy. I'm going to have him on soon to talk more about what's going on with, Bur- with Burgerville. So you'll get a union update them from them very soon. If you're just tuning into the feed, we're Street Fight Radio. We take your calls on Sunday nights, 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern Standard Time. You can call in to the chat. That number to dial is 614-655-3887. We aren't going to – I wouldn't call in tonight, but next week if you want to call in – uh, feel free to do so. Uh, we do have special guests in the studio today. Drew Toothpaste, you know him from Married to the Sea, and uh, just started a new podcast yourself, right? Yeah, it's called Garbage Brain University. Started it with Natalie D. Right. Your wife? Yeah. My yeah, wife. Which is good. Um, you know, the thing about podcasts, it's hard to do them over Skype sometimes. It's tough to, to do that with people that you've met online and stuff. But when you got a real personal connection with people, it's usually pretty good audio. Yeah, we, we just did a wife show and it was really good. So it's easy to work with somebody that you have like affection for. That's yeah. why me and Brett work. <laughs> yeah, pretty well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's easier like if you can make eye contact with somebody. Yeah, and you can see like their body language. It's it's a lot easier to have it go real smoothly. That actually so, becomes a problem like later on when you uh <laughs> when you don't look at each other while you're like where you're just like I'm so good at this I can like look at my phone and my oh, computer yeah. and like just yeah. talk we're talking, you know, we're all sitting here. Me and Brett are like I'm usually working still while we do the podcast like reading off the thing but when whenever we look at each other i feel like that's some it's of the magic. best radio it's magic yeah. magic yeah. so yeah. where they get where can they get in what is it again it is called garbagebrainuniversity.com okay. uh we basically do one subject a, a week uh and just kind of go into some weird facts about uh like our last episode was about dreams and we talked about, you know, what causes dreams? Why do you have dreams? And uh, Natalie told the story about how she kicked E.T.'s ass. Mm, good dream. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, definite REM stage dream, <laughs> the deepest stage of sleep. Yeah. And we do, we, do, uh, we do talk about snack attack when it comes to uh, getting your fix of candy on this show. And you brought, you know, uh, Brian says I'm the weird weird candy addict here you i, I, like I some mean odd flavors you're just you Lychee, don't like good things green tea bugle lychee's good though lychee is the i best. mean when me and brett were testing international cokes yeah there were times where i felt like i was gonna barf and brett would be like oh that's a good one and i was like come on dude that's not good. he doesn't like the taste there of honey one he doesn't like the taste of honey okay i i like really bitter funky stuff and if i taste something and it's just like sweet i'm like why do i deserve this the, <laughs> the one from india is a perfect example of like it tasted like coke it tastes like yeah. having a Coke, but then it had like a little cumin chaser there at the end. Yeah, really. And it was hideous. Like taking a drink of something with cumin in it is like not my idea of a tasty drink. It was that, good. That sounds like it could be pretty good. roasty. <laughs> not a good pop. So you brought for us, this is Gustav's Dutch licorice. And we've heard about the Dutch people. I've been mm. screamed at by people. Stefan Heck uh, 
if it's a stupid post, he calls it Dutch posting. Oh. Because he said Dutch people have the That's dumbest replies spaghetti. on the internet. They're but, the ones that eat spaghetti and ketchup. But uh, what I'm saying is, like, I once posted that I would be okay if they outlawed black licorice flavor. Okay. Just as a joke. It was just being funny. I, yeah. If you like yeah. it, you like it, whatever. Um, And I got screamed at. By people saying, Dutch people love it. You haven't tried salt licorice. And I was like, uh, no, I haven't. Because it sounds like the most hideous thing I could ever try in my life. I'm I'm not an adventurous eater. Uh, not going to try it. And then Drew brings it over for the podcast. Yeah, I, yes, you know what? Yeah. Here's a good example. I was just ate all of his star mix that he brought. <laughs> yes. Drew oh, brought no. Haribo star mix. That's and my just, palate cleanser. Well, you. Well, I got, I got, I brought peanuts too. So well, it's I, not really power cleanser. People don't understand. Me and Brett consider gummy candy and like sour straws palate cleansers. Yeah, oh, those are reset. those are neutral. They reset everything. <laughs> we would get. We got so stoned in Las Vegas. We both got like all ripped up in Las Vegas, and we went down to the uh, store in the casino, and we bought a shit ton of candy. We bought. We'll just tell them TGI Friday's potato skins. Yes. I got the normal flavor, cheddar and sour cream. Yeah. And Brett got something. Jalapeno. Ha- yeah, of course. He got jalapeno. How is that not normal? It's not a normal <laughs> chip flavor. That's all I'm saying. And then we also got uh, gummies. No, we got sour ribbons. Belts. They yeah. were belts. Yeah. And we got, I got Reese cups. And he yeah. got whatever weird chocolate thing he probably got. And uh, every time I ate. So I would eat and eat and eat the potato skins, yeah. and then I would grab a sour belt and eat that, and then I could eat the uh, chocolate. That, that chocolate take you back candy. to baseline. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of soaks everything up. <laughs> kind of resets, like washing your mouth. So this is Gustav Chuck's Gustav's Dutch licorice double salt. So this is double salt, classic salt licorice. This is like the size of, uh, what is it, like a nickel? Maybe a, a double thick nickel? Yeah, yeah. I think also just a salt candy is not cool at all. Huh. I, I, okay. It's, in, it's intense. It. It's intense. It's a lot of salt. I'm going to do this. I, I like them. Woo! Should Daddy. I... I I think they're fine. Should I bring the account? I'm going to bring the chat up and see if people are interested in me trying this, first of all, so that oh. I can get away with not trying it if people post it. In. It's like, if somebody doesn't post in the chat, I'll just be like, oh, well, uh, I guess I don't have to try it. Because <laughs> it sounds sick. It sounds sickening to me. It is. Um, it's worse than Malort. I think that <laughs> Malort instead of Malort, people should do double salt black licorice. It's stuff. worse than Malort. I, you know, I haven't tried Malort. And is uh, it is it worse than Ivana bitch? No, I would take it. I would love an Ivana bitch right <laughs> now. I love the smooth menthol flavor of Ivana bitch menthol tobacco flavored vodka. Listeners, you're seeing something I have never seen mm, in my life. I'm miserable right now. Brett is grossed mm. out by something. <laughs> Everything my, he likes is gross. He's a gross teeth. human. It's so salty. It's like this is like deer shit. This is like oh, deer candy. Stuck, it's stuck in all <sighs> of my teeth, and I like it because then you can just you get like the salt runoff. Okay, here for, I like, go. The the drip. You got a salt drip. Like yeah, okay. you get a drip for like fifteen <laughs> minutes. <laughs> here Let's I go. Hit it. Oh, I hit don't it. Want it? They called you a coward. They're not calling me a coward. They did call you a coward. All right, here we go. Oh, this is bad. 
Oh. <laughs> oh, he didn't even laugh. No, you gotta. He's three seconds. What's the joyful part? Is there a joyful part? You drink beer with it, he said. Or maybe eat candy. Isn't that odd? Isn't that peculiar? I don't know. I but, told you it, it's 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 not like, really licoricey though because the it's not salt. Not licorice at all. It's there's salt. so much it's salt. So much salt. Yeah. This is like really not enjoyable. <laughs> this is like I think maybe if someone was like tripping too hard, you could give and them something like that. It would bring them back to sober. There's <laughs> there's like a hundred of these. It is in wow. the bag. Jesus. How do you even eat one? Oh, okay. I get I, it's it's like all salt, and I was telling Brett I like to eat them until like I get heart palpitations. <laughs> yeah, until you like it changes feel. the salt level in my body. Feel the already the sodium collecting the arteries. I can't get it out of my mouth. Uh oh, Brian's about to have a freak out. <laughs> you got he's gonna drive all the way home and brush his damn teeth. Let's see who's on the phone here. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey guys, it's Haley. How y'all doing? Doing wonderful. Thanks for calling in. I've never had no problem. <laughs> What's that? Brian's recuperating. <laughs> Sorry, he's like really, he's digging in his mouth. No worries. Uh, yeah, uh, recuperating from Vegas or no, from tonight? Recuperating from double salt licorice from Gustav. Oh, oh God, no. Oh, that sounds gross. It's a trial. <laughs> it's worse than um, yeah. <laughs> That's the worst snack I've ever my had. Dad, uh, <laughs> my dad, I've like, never had a dad, worse snack than that in my entire life. <laughs> I don't even consider. My dad it. loves black licorice. Yeah, uh, my dad loves black licorice, and every Christmas he'll put it in the stocking, knowing that I won't eat it. That's fine. And he'll take it, and it's okay. like just buy it for yourself, dog. Like at that point, you know. No, sorry, um, you're talking and- to dads here. That's the best part about being a dad. <laughs> That's the best part about being a dad. Yeah. Buying your kid shit. Yeah, I buy my kid all the peeps and all the Cadbury eggs in the world, and she takes one bite and is like, I guess I don't want these. I'm like, perfect. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay, I'm back. I think I got it all out of my mouth. What's going on tonight? Awesome. Um, I'm calling, um, you know, funny because I saw you guys were looking for uh, stuff about um, just weird trainings and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I worked, when I was an undergrad, um, so around, like, I want to say, yeah, it was my freshman year of undergrad, um, I worked retail, which, and, you know, in and of itself is just awful, but um, I worked retail at a particular electronics store called, like, Fries Electronics. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that. Um, but it is I I, but, uh, I am familiar with electronic stores, <laughs> but not that one particularly. Not, not fries. Okay. Oh, I've heard so of fries. fries. I saw a fries in the in 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 probably uh, Phoenix. I think yeah. I saw it or Vegas or one yeah. other place. Okay, I know what you're talking about now. Ugh. Um. But they uh. So I worked there for about five weeks. But um, this isn't really so much about training per se. But I remember the first time that I went in there. Um, after I'd gotten the interview and got the position and everything, um, it was before I started the training and the boss pulled me in there. And, um, this was before I transitioned. So I'm going to use like pronouns that aren't really mine, but, um, he, uh, he started talking to me about like, you know, Oh, you're a, you're a fairly young, like single guy. Like, who are you dating? Like, do they, do they need a job? And it's like, I'm over here like, uh, I 
just like moved here. Like I don't know anybody yet. I'm really nervous about it. And then he starts talking to me about who I voted for. Oh no! And oh, I was a lib. Uh, God, yeah, I was a lib back then. So I like, oh yeah, I voted for a Democrat. And he's like, I figured you'd be smarter than that. Oh no! Like, no. <laughs> oh God! Here we go. You know, and then it turns out like. Um, you know, so then they're going to go to the trainings and everything like that. And, you know, the standard, like, oh, like, report sexual harassment, all this other stuff, right? Um, but, uh, so I started working at the, at, at the front reception area, like, for, like, where the cash registers were and everything. And the guy who was, I, they would always pair me up with at the register next to me would constantly make sexual comments about the women there oh, no. um and no matter how many times i reported him for it it was super uncomfortable he'd like elbow me in the middle of our shift like somebody would be right in front of me and he'd like elbow me in the middle of the shift and be like hey hey that girl's got a nice ass right and it's like are you for real dude <laughs> like are you like for real yes <laughs> like, yeah. it was something out of like a really stupid movie that sucked that you reported them because I found in my life I usually shut that shit down and then they just think I'm uncool and they just, you know, will talk shit about me to the other guys. And Well, know. I'm sure they talk shit about this person too. Sure, sure. Know? Of course they did. But to like, yeah, no, going, I mean, in hindsight, it probably wasn't necessarily the best thing to do. But here's the thing. Um, you know, also, I was like, just really stupid back then. You're young um, and you're a lib and you feel like you yeah. gotta do the right thing. I, I know what you're talking. I'm with you. Yeah. Man. Or I'm with but, you. Yeah, I guess you're right. So it's funny though, but, um, you know, they, I reported him and they didn't even do anything about it either. Um, until he started hitting on the manager. Um, <laughs> now it's serious. I love this guy. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just was he like, he's playing every number. He was can. he nice? Because I'll, I'll tell you this. I worked with a guy that I found to be a very charming person who did hit on every single customer that came in. And, and like, he hit on every woman that walked in that store. And he had about um, a 20% success rate. Okay. Which was, like, I hate that he hit on all these women. But, like, when I was younger... I was so afraid to ask a woman out that I would sort of like be yeah. in awe of yeah, somebody. Was like brave. It, it was just like, he doesn't care if they say no or laugh at him or call him ugly. And no, he didn't, but that's because he didn't have any self-awareness and he was just like a scuzzy dude. So like, I get how like now, if I saw that happening, it would make me uncomfortable at the time. Yeah. I looked at this guy like, how does he do it, man? What did he come up with a secret? For like, <laughs> is is the secret yeah. that you have to ask every single woman you see to finally get a girlfriend? <laughs> you know. But, I mean, like, I mean, he wasn't even really doing it to like try to get a date so much as like he was just like basically horny posting IRL. Like yeah. that's all he was doing, really. Um, but I found out that they didn't do anything with this guy because the boss who was, you know, asking me about all this stuff about my, like, voting, like, who I voted for and whatnot, he was also guilty of, like, sexually harassing, like, a bunch of the other female employees there. Um, and yeah. it was around this 
it was like my third week when I found out that like this store, not corporate, this store that I was in in California had settled like a twenty million dollar sexual harassment lawsuit. Woo. The store, like one store, like that's a corporate amount of money that you sue somebody for. But that was for one fucking store. I gotta say, and then the other, yeah. Can I? I gotta um, say that like. I know this sounds like, I don't know what this sounds like, but I like do get kind of happy when a big business gets hit with that because like when you're working in retail and like, we just talked about this with our wives on the show. uh, Like a lot of these people are hitting on like teenagers, you know, or or they're like, they're not harassing. They wouldn't harass a 30 year old woman. Right. You know what I mean? They don't have the yeah. guts to harass a 30. I mean, I'm. it happens, right? I, like, I'm not saying that doesn't happen, but in retail, mm-hmm. it is a lot of pathetic managers and like 25 year old dudes and 30 year old dudes hitting on like 16 year olds, 19 like, year olds. Yeah, yeah. I've seen yeah. it like over and over again. You know, I don't think teenagers should have to work. And that's like basically the reason why you're just not equipped to deal with that sort of thing, especially well, look, teenage dudes working is one thing because, you know, Mm -hmm. nobody's like really hitting on you, but teenage, but you can't make a law that's like teenage, (laughs) teenage women aren't allowed to work. So like, I just don't think any of us, any teenager should be working because and it's not their fault. The adults can't handle it. Adults can't handle teenagers oh, yeah. working at all. They can't handle it. I mean, the shit that I have seen customers say to teenagers, to like yeah. younger people, yeah. is a million times more vile than the shit a customer would ever mm-hmm. say to me or would ever say to one of us at this yeah. table. Yeah. You know, it's just when you're yep. younger, adults don't. I mean, like. None of the people, when you work at a place and like you, a re, a, a, any, any kind of retail that hires teens, like you're just, you're on such a low level in well, a it's way. The, it's uh-huh. a power relationship because your bosses, your managers have power over you and they don't treat you right if you're a teenager, mm-hmm. unless you, you luck into getting somebody who's like, I'm going to mentor uh-huh. these teens right and the customers don't give a shit the uh-huh. customers are going to treat you awfully yeah so you get your dipshit yeah exactly so you're on the you're on the wrong side of the of the of the power equation right yeah yeah what ended up happening with this fella so he still as far as i know i mean he was allowed to keep his job <laughs> okay own the store too oh, okay um, all right well yeah so uh, I say this. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. There are a lot of dudes that work in customer service and stuff. That the only reason they have that job is to look at women. Like when I worked at Chuck E. Yeah. Cheese, my manager would straight up tell me, "Let's go walk around and look at the moms." And like, <laughs> I was uh, sixteen, so Jesus I was kind of like, "I'm not interested." Yeah. <laughs> really, in the moms. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like I, I am interested in people my own age sort of thing but he would just be like let's go yeah. let's go fucking look at the moms man let's go walk around the showroom and look at the moms and it was just like it seemed like the only time the only reason he got a job at Chuck E. Cheese is because he was into like like milf porn you know at the time that wasn't yeah, didn't I mean, exist. No, but it's weird though it's really weird like I mean 
I know, like, not to, like, generalize anybody, but, like, man, like, the male, like, gender just has this huge problem of, like, taking porn fetishes and then just, like, applying that when they, like, try to, like, hit on the women. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know, like, it's really weird they do that, but, like, the, bo- the, the, the boss that I had, I don't know the details per se, but from what I understand, he was, like, into some weird shit. Um, from some of the people that I worked with who were actually parties to that lawsuit. Um, and then, but see, like, apparently, too, like, once I found out out, like, I found out about a bunch of the other shit that had been going on. Um, so they, the company was actually caught manually editing out people's overtime hours. Um, so they weren't getting paid the, you know, overtime hours. Like, my, my supervisor, Vince, who is, like, about as cool as you could get for supervisors. Um, he's actually kind of a nice guy. Um, and, like, I could just call him and be like, hey, I don't really want to come into work today. And be like, okay, cool. I'll say you were sick or something. Um, he was a cool guy. But he was, you know, asked to stay overtime the whole time. Um, and so one year, he clocked around, like, I want to say maybe about 500 to 600 hours of overtime. And uh, all of that wasn't, like, he had all the paperwork for it and everything because he had the manual timesheets uh, that they use when you're management, not um, the electronic time card. And uh, they, like, had gotten rid of all the records of him ever working. It was like, oh, we're not going to pay you. You could have edited those in yourself. And it's like, no. Um, so he got a nice, fat, uh, th- you know, $35,000 uh, paycheck. Uh, one day, and then he quit the next day because he's like, I can actually like pay tuition to college now. Bye. Right. Um, so he left, and then I quit a week later after that because I busted my hand on a loadout for some because some old people bought like a really fancy TV, and it was like a 75, 70 inch TV or, or whatever it was. I don't remember the size, but it was really big and it was really heavy. And um, I busted my wrist, and then I got the thing that was like, okay, you can work. They're just not allowed to, like, have you do any heavy lifting, so you can't lift anything over five pounds. And I was like, okay, cool. And so I go back to work, and the first place they put me in is the back where all the heavy shit is. Oh, Christ. Yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, all right. So I just I stopped showing up to work. Yeah, smart. Um, <laughs> and I didn't know what happened after that. I I never went back there. I don't even put that shit on my resume. Yeah. No, you can like, do I that. You can, ha- you can admit it. <laughs> Brett Brett actually tells a story on this tour. I don't want to give it away, but Brett used some pretty bad situations as references, and it's worked. Yeah, so they don't, they don't do a lot of checking at most places. Well, thank you That's for calling. Wild. Thank you for calling in. Uh, we appreciate but, it. We gotta get these next. Per- what what's okay. up? Okay. Um. I just want to say one quick thing. Um, I, yesterday I got some bad news. A friend of mine had passed away. She killed herself. Oh. Oh. Um, if all y'all are like feeling bad or anything like that, please reach out. Um, I know it sucks. I know like people think the hotlines are really bad, but um, I appreciate y'all being here. Don't give up, man. Um, it's not worth it. It's a it's a temporary solution. It's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. You know, talk to people, please. I know you might feel alone, but, um, yeah. 
So that's all. I didn't mean to make it so depressing, but that's been sitting with me um, past couple of, you know, for really the full day today. So um, miss you, Chantel. Hope you're hope you're feeling better. All right. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. I mean, people need to hear yeah, that sometimes. No problem. You wouldn't be Thanks. a street fighter if you didn't bring the yeah. mood down. Yeah, you that's know? how My we do things. Yeah. Sorry about that, guy. Mood down. That's cool. Um, thanks Sorry, for calling guys. in. I mean, no, what happens? No, I actually, um, you know, somebody mentioned that uh, we talked about ulcerative colitis on the show, which is a problem that affects a lot of people and makes like those Amazon bathroom policies like a very big problem to have gainful employment at some of those places. And, uh, one of my good buddies that I worked with had it and lost his health care and ended up committing suicide because of it because he was in so much pain. And, uh, you know, it's it's a big problem. So, you know, there is uh, always, you know, a place you can go and, you know, to ask for help and reach out. Right. Yep. I don't know if I'm bringing the mood up here, but I'm still reeling from that piece that of That black candy. licorice is pretty bad. I'm still tasting it. Tastes like the saltiest beef jerky. I'm sorry. Of my it's life. such a not pleasurable experience. It seems like a from trip. head to it toe. Seems like you're yeah. <laughs> into food. Hey, what's up? Who's this? Hey, it's Eminem Pop. How y'all doing? Why well, is every time? Uh, why does every time that I talk to y'all, I'm getting my laundry out of the laundry room? Well, it's like, not every not time when I'm calling in. Every time I'm calling in, I'm doing my laundry. It's just a coincidence. It just keeps happening. I'm not mad about it. Really. It's because it's just, we make it's just you, how it goes. When you work, when when you're on the phone with us, you're working, and when you're working, and laundry is work. It's real work. I hate laundry. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, Unpaid labor. <laughs> it is. Unpa- it should be paid. Who? I tried to pay my daughter. My daughter wants to be paid to do the laundry now, which I'm like, but you know what? That's oh yeah. Not yeah. Hell work. yeah. You demand it. That's no, work. it's not. It's, it's not enough. It, like loading ma'am. something into a machine and then something into another machine no. is not the type that, of work you get paid 50 bucks for. No, folding. Fuck, right, you the, have to the fold. good part about that, though. When I'm about one The good part about that, way. though, is like Gwen. Go ahead. Gwen is like leveraging her the, the, the work that wants to be done and leveraging it to try and get a, a concession. So she's the worker and you're the boss. Oh, God. Like, yeah. whenever, I get whenever I get through folding a third of a load of laundry, I'm like, oh, fuck. This has been six minutes already. And I have to keep at it. It's going to be 18 minutes. Total. I'm stuck <laughs> folding this right now. I'm trapped. Folding laundry is bad. My daughter, uh, here's the job opening that's in my house. Dishes. That job's opening. I will pay you $20 a week on top of the $50 a month that I just give you to do nothing to do my dishes every day so that I never have to do the dish. I like the fucking laundry. The laundry's my shit. Okay. It's relaxing. I can sit in front of the TV (laughs) and fucking fold the laundry. There's not many things that bring me the the joy and the peace of mind to actually sit in front of a TV and just watch it. There's no other chore that makes you watch TV. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You can't look at your phone. You're all in on TV. And that's what I like about laundry. I don't need her to take that away from me. Plus, here's something people. Do. Want to get paid for it. You you pay me for that privilege. I know. <laughs> pay me so I have some free time so I can be forced to watch TV. <laughs> yeah, that's like my reward. Pay me for taking away your joy. Yeah, yeah. 
I've loved laundry since I be went from the time I was a stay-at-home dad until this day. I love laundry. Is like just a, a thing I love. I I don't know why. It's the I only chore. I love that, laundry. It's the only chore I get into. But well, why don't you marry it? <laughs> you get to talk to a bunch of drunks, right? Why you yeah. do it? But dishes here. This dishes is hell. Those are the pits. I I, I jumped in the first thing. I I before we even like formally split up in my family, before we even formally split up the chores. I'm like, and I will wash the clothes. Because yeah. it rocks in the dishes. You have to you have to touch used food, yeah, and that's filthy. nasty. I don't mind that because it everybody's clothes. Everybody it's, knows I'll flip out if they leave like a piece of bread in the sink. They know that like if I gotta touch a piece of bread that's been left in the sink, I'll flip no out. bread. Oh, wet bread is disgusting. Yeah, but they just we we make sure everything goes in the trash, and then it's just dishes in the sink. Cause like nobody. Here's the thing about the dishes in my house. We've all talked about this before. Nobody wants me freaking out, so they make sure everything is set up so that they don't hear me muttering under my breath in the kitchen about how they left all the <laughs> fucking food on the dishes. Like the worst people on earth. Let me tell you some bad people, some like real, just low level scummy people are there's these people that go to restaurants, right? Yeah. And they use just an amount of napkins. Like they should have brought a beach. Yeah. Cup. You know what I mean? <laughs> and what they do is they cover the plate with the napkins when they're done. For some reason, they cover the whole plate so they can't see the food. And then they also take the rest of the napkins and stuff them in the water glass. And I don't know what utility yeah. that serves. I don't know why they're doing it, but oh, they're honestly the worst people in the fucking world. That's... Worse than the worst customer. There's nobody would do that if they had ever worked at a restaurant. <laughs> Never. I know. Never. Yeah. You're supposed to take all the like if there's a food with plate on it, if there's plate with food on it, you're supposed to everybody else takes their food and dumps it on that top plate and just stacks up the dirty plates so that yeah. when the busser yeah. comes to the table, they yeah. can grab it, dump one plate off, and they got their whole thing set up. You, you know. They're not getting paid enough to. Well, and then, then there's other people who will stack all their plates, but they'll leave all the food on it, mm. and you just have a bunch of mush food on the bottom and the top of like every plate. And it's, I, I used to I used to wait tables, and I used to do dishwashers, and and I used to do busing, and I was just like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Why are you just smashing this food with this other plate and then smashing it under another one? This whole thing's disgusting, people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, people spit their old gum on a plate too. That's sickening. Oh yeah, to me. yeah. If you're cleaning you, plates, these people cares. are barbarians. They're barbarians. Yeah, I just, I just. Anyway, so what's going on tonight, Jeff? We, we got six callers to get to. People are seeing us do. You mentioned Baton Rouge earlier today. I've been. And here. what the hell were you doing going to Baton Rouge? Okay, so this was an important experience in my life. The reason I went to Baton Rouge was. Uh, my sister, I have an older sister that I don't talk about very much that mm -hmm. lives in Louisiana and, uh, I don't, I don't ever see her. Oh, I, I probably see her two or three times, uh, not two or three times a year, every two or three years is <laughs> that kind of thing. And, uh, she was getting married down there and, uh, it was, she got married at a biker ball. Well, she got married in a goth wedding by a druid mm. at, at a cemetery. Right. 
and then that they got rocks. Yeah. that rocks though. <laughs> yeah, I they got that. in a hearse and they we all followed the hearse to a uh, biker bar where they played goth music and I met my first drag queen in my oh, life wow. at this wedding. Okay. Nice. And uh why why only ever you had more fun in Baton Rouge than I've ever had in Baton Rouge. And yeah. I used to live in Baton Rouge. <laughs> she got married in a red her she had a wedding dress and it was all red instead of white and then he was wearing like this really fly goth tuxedo. Oh. It was at the time I thought it was stupid. <laughs> Because I don't know, like, I expected him to, like, dress in skateboarder clothes and shit. And uh, it was a bummer. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a... Baton Rouge is a largely a bummer town. I spent a lot of this week in Baton Rouge because there was a lot... Of, there was there's these, a school funding bill. I'm a teacher, right? And school just let out. The last day of school was on a Friday, so it's summer for me. Hell, yeah. So you're um, going to Baton Rouge? The whole first week of summer... <laughs> going to Baton Rouge and like trying to talk to the biggest jerks in the world, trying to get them to, trying to get them to like, you know, give money to schools and make sure that we have, you know, the ability to buy like textbooks and <laughs> stuff. How was the reaction? How how were the conversations? Well, I talked to one legislator. I, I got two stories about this, and then and then I know you have a lot of calls to get to. So the first one, and I would also like to plug something, but anyway, uh, the first one I talked to, there's this, there's a, um, some lady who's a former college professor here, and I was like, yeah, you know, you got, uh, I, I get time with her in in the um, hallway, and I'm saying, hey, you know, you got to support this thing because. You know, the other, all the other plans there don't have, like, permanent pay raises or whatever. That's a bunch of crap. And she looked at me, and she gasped, and she, like, put her hand on her chest, and she was like, crap. No. Are you going to say any more curse words? You're wow. not allowed. She said that to you? She said, are you going to say any more curse words? She said, are you going to say any more curse words? Like, this Jeff, person, uh, person who was... I actually I mean, had a thought. About, so people love to pretend that they don't ever talk to real people. Yeah. I mean, I think politicians do that. I, I will say this, though. I was just thinking yesterday, weirdly, that you brought this up, that the word crap is gross. It's like a little bit, like, sounds gross to me. And I never think of it like that, but it, like, conjures up a grosser image to me than shit. You know, you know what are, you know, what are the, some of the, I think the two grossest words that are not curse words are crap and piss. Yeah, <laughs> piss is a cuss word. Oh, I love the word piss. Piss is one but of my favorite words. Word. It's a cuss, though. And crap is like, mm -hmm. I because sometimes, here's the thing. I have this weird thing where like I look at what words look like, too. You know? Yeah. You ever yeah. do that? Like where yeah, you're yeah. looking at a yeah. word and you're like, oh, that word. And I get feelings from what the words look like. And uh I that's type, called that's called reading. Yeah, <laughs> I type bullcrap to my wife all the time as a joke, and when I see the word bullcrap, bull I'm like, "What a hideous word bullcrap is!" Ew. That's such a gross. That's like <laughs> when a teacher is telling you, like Brian, that is some bullcrap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like somebody is saying that to you to talk about you. That's why. That's why it's not a good word. Crap. Yeah, uh, that's funny that she called you out for cussing. For crap is like a universally agreed upon substitute for cussing. Too. Yeah, uh, and so you said, yeah, right, right. right. It's, it's it's good enough that you can like say it on the radio and not get in trouble. Right. I mean, I I I, I can anyway. say it anywhere. Really. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you should yeah, be allowed to say it, it to your teacher. Yeah. This safe really. harbor, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, the Mr. Radio expert now that he's Well, the other the thing that happened... <laughs> I'm messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that happened was um, I went to one of these committee meetings, right? They did a committee meeting, and they were talking about this bill and all this other stuff. And they were just moving on to talk about the next thing. So I'm, like, leaving this room. I'm like, I don't want to be here anymore with these people. You know, this, this, you know, this sucks. So I'm leaving... And I'm kind of like walking with my shoulder dragging against the wall. And I swear this was an accident. But I turned the light off in the committee meeting. And they sat in the dark for like five seconds. Oh, no. And then I switched it back on. Everybody's looking at me. This dude's dragging. He probably fucking made a loud noise when he pushed his seat back. Dragging his arm across the wall, turning out the light. I want everybody to know I'm leaving right now after I cussed out a representative. <laughs> did you did you just say crap to the president? <laughs> That's what you should have said to her when she said, are you going to cuss anymore? And you're like, ever heard of a little phrase, grab him by the pussy? That's sick. Ah, that would be good. Yeah. He's the president. Well, thanks yeah. for calling in, Jeff. Uh, let everybody know about your new of course, show. Hey, get up, get up, get up. Hell yeah. My new show. So we have a um, we have a radio show on local community radio. It's WHIV. Uh, it's called Good Morning Comrade. You can you can listen anywhere in the world at WHIVFM.org slash listen. We also <laughs> have a, a website. <laughs> Sorry. What? Sorry. That's no, a joke name for that radio station? <laughs> that radio station. No, it's, so um, the director is uh, an infectious disease doctor. Okay. And one of the things that he covers is uh, he, he covers like like HIV um, for, for a lot of his work. So he just, I guess, put it as the name of the station. Okay, Everybody wow. asked that question, though. Yeah, well, when I heard yeah, it, I was it, like, he, this he sounds like, like the, the nicest guy. It's like, this guy's doing a bit here. Your interest. Yeah. Uh, The website is goodmorningcomrade.com And that's the name of the show We got three of them out You can get them on all those things Hell yeah Yeah, Check it out You're a great dude And you do good stuff Mm -hmm. In the community And I haven't Mm -hmm. listened yet But I do definitely plan to You did send me a link So uh, thanks for calling in We love you I'll post it in the Facebook group I love you too buddy we love you. We'll talk to you later. Can't wait to listen to some of that WIV radio. <laughs> yeah. Okay, WIV might be the way to say it. Well, I was just like, I heard that. Working with, I don't. Yeah, I thought it was. I really thought he was trying to be a like a young like Jim Norton. <laughs> yeah. Like a total Jim Norton joke. W H I V. Right, but they're behind it, and I guess a part of the movement. It's not. They're against AIDS. Right. Yeah, I get it. Um, Anti-AIDS. Let's uh let's let's uh get this next call in. Yeah, we here. got more. Oh shit. Oh shit, you hang up on somebody? Yeah, I took the wrong call. That licorice tastes like my fucking dog's <laughs> balls asshole. Hey. It does not a dog would never be that salty. <laughs> you know what? Can I can I say can I talk about gross stuff on here? Yeah, I don't give a shit. <laughs> As long as I, you don't talk about wh- fucking, well, you can still talk about when I uh, when I was a teen, I had a buddy who always uh, would say uh, that his his buddy he just got way too curious and he ate shit. Oh and, no! Uh, yeah, and his buddy like just tried it because he's like, I need to know, right? Yeah. Like curiosity, but also like lack of Google, right? Because it was like. Well, Google's ago. not going to tell you what shit tastes like, though. No, right? they they will actually it's not if you experience. 
If you if you Google it, yeah, I'm doing will, it right now. Yeah, see if see they'll tell you. But how uh, much umami is in a piece of doo doo? <laughs> see, and he said uh, it just tastes like the food that you ate, except okay. it tastes like somebody burned it. <laughs> okay. And so I grew up in my whole life. I thought that it just tasted like uh, like burned food, like you cooked it too okay. much. It turns out it doesn't. I've never I've never tried it, but I finally. I was I was uh, talking with my wife about it actually, and she was like, "I don't think it tastes burned." And she Googled it, and she was like, "No, it actually tastes bitter." Because yeah, I mean, of... you're the guy to try. You ate those uh, black black no! things, like no problem. You That's like just salt. Taste. That's like road salt. That's fine. Yeah, you've never eaten road salt. <laughs> Get one of them salty turds. <laughs> 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 it does taste like that licorice probably that's no. what it's saying it's tasting like drew's licorice is the no. yeah. google comes up the first result says that double salt licorice <laughs> all right this caller, guy here how, how are you doing yeah go ahead caller i have a i have a answer though he's too. watching people eat poop on youtube right <laughs> what's up uh, caller? hey guys hey how's it going guys listen uh i have a quick story but then i know we're getting close to the end of the show so I want to do a new format for the Street Fight Call-In Show. I'm going to do a hang-up-and-listen call. Okay, right? let's try that. I'm going to pitch you a topic, and you guys do as much or as little as you want with it. Nice, okay. Hey, you want to hear okay, something? Okay, so here's the story. You, what, yeah, before yeah. you go, just before we get off this, Rusty Ray 84 on Reddit said, Once I sneezed while wiping and instinctively brought the tissue to my face. Yes, it tastes bad. <laughs> So it's just tastes bad. <laughs> Shit tastes bad, everybody. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Go for Thank it. You. Hey, hey, Brian, thanks for getting to the bottom of that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so here's a quick story. So, I was supposed to see you guys uh, last summer when you came through Kansas City. And I was so excited, and I got two tickets. And uh, I just spaced on the night. I think it was on a Thursday night, and I thought it was on the Friday night. And I saw one of my friends who was at the show post a picture of her with you on Twitter. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. The Street Fight guys came to town one night early <laughs> to hang out with people before the show. Uh, so I missed the show, but you got my money anyway. I think that's so funny. That happens a lot. The the it's Your story is far better than the more common story of the day I get back from a city they like somebody is inevitably inevitably gonna dm me this week and say when y'all coming to phoenix <laughs> it's like we're just fucking there three days ago yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. yeah that sucks well i look forward to getting another chance to see you guys sometime but anyway so here's here's the story here here's the question i'm gonna pitch you and you decide how much you want to talk about it and i'm gonna take my answer I'm going to jump forward in time a couple days and listen to your response when I listen to the podcast. When okay, okay. All right, so this is the question I was going to ask you at the show, so I'm, I'm kind of like getting some closure on this. So driving around the Midwest or just driving around the United States, I'm sure on tour you guys must notice uh, billboards by the side of the road and sort of how you can kind of get a feeling for the politics of the region based on, you know, some, uh, sometimes you'll see like, like social messaging billboards usually related to like abortion, uh, are the ones that you see a lot driving around my area. But 
So I, I wanted to know uh, if you noticed anything on your last tour or just recently at all, like what, what you have noticed about the country's politics based on roadside billboards. And like I said, you talk about that as much as you want to move on to the next call. And I'll take my answer off the air. All right. Thanks, guys. Brett, uh, I think an interesting thing, Las Vegas, the Christians paid a bunch of money for billboards that say lust is a sin. And I was like, how do you control lust? Like, that's, it's not fair to make a sin something that you just fucking feel, you know? <laughs> lust is a sin. I, I guess the, the, most, the most interesting thing that we saw was when we were driving through Illinois and, uh, Maybe this farmer owned a bunch of land or maybe he was just hanging signs up, but he was like racist for sure and religious for sure. And then like, so you would drive and it'd be like, if somebody broke into your house to kill your family, wouldn't you want to have a gun then? And but stuff it would like be that? like it would be like four signs though. Like it was the first sentence would be like on a sign that you pass. Oh, so and, it's like racist Burma shave. <laughs> yeah, but like as you go past, it would be for for like a whole story that he has to tell you as you drive by. But here's the thing: billboards, and here's my final answer on this: is billboards do not necessarily indicate the politics of the people that live in a place. Because in my neighborhood, very lib neighborhood, there is a sign that says "Holy matrimony is between a man and a woman" or something like that. It's, nobody it's, wants it. No, and it's on Fifth Avenue. Yeah. And, it, and it's two rings, and it says, Holy matrimony is one man and one woman. Yes. And it's been fucking vandalized like 10 times. Yeah, and it's been there for years now yeah. at this point. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, I think you maybe get more of an idea about things with like bad graffiti. You know what I mean? Well, like people that spray paint just, there's a place by my house that says uh, Google Pizza. And it used to say Google Pizza Gate, but they, for some reason, the guy that owned the buildings got rid of the gate part right. and not the pizza. So it's that's like, right. that's good though. That's funny. Good Google way to deal pizza? with it. That's well, good. I think homemade billboards. We saw those a lot in the South, and I saw them in my trip to Virginia and like North Carolina before. When guys make like a POW monument and put it at the front of their property. Then you know you're in a wild town, I feel like. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, uh, like homemade build. billboards. There, There's a lot of those in, in like, Ohio. There are. Even. Like, uh, we go to Zanesville sometimes with Brett and his wife to, you know, see the in-laws or whatever. And uh, I always see wild-ass fuck. And I, I go out to the south, southern Ohio to visit my, my, uh, in, my in-laws. And, like... People homemade signs that are like these really crazy fucking political statements that I mean, really you wouldn't want to say out loud. You know what I well, mean? I saw, yeah, and I saw in in my neighborhood, and I live like close to campus. I live close to Brian, and there was a neighbor, and this was in the 2016 election. They were hand painted signs, and they said, "Vote Trump." Think about the Supreme Court, and I was like, "Fuck." because <laughs> like that guy was at, he was like he had a fucking agenda but it was right. like a hand painted sign he was like nobody is doing this messaging that you have to have this like slightly complex thinking about this election right. so i'm gonna make it yeah i made a sign in 2000 i don't ever want to talk about this this is like one of those things i made a pro john Kerry sign in 2004 and a handmade in one my window handmade with like 
uh, a, like a real fucking smart, yeah. smart ass thing that was like uh, love war, and uh, what was it like? God damn it! It was about it was anti war, but it was also about like uh, oh love war and tax cuts for millionaires. Vote Bush. Like ah, it's like a smart mouth. Yeah. <laughs> But it was up in my window and it was huge and you could see it from the street. And I'm just, I don't know why, but this just brought me back to remembering like, I I was a fucking crazy political side guy. You had an opinion. You're like, no, I'm not going to just sign up to have a sign put out there. I got something to say. (laughs) I didn't want to pay for the sign. But the, the thing is, I'm sure people saw that and they were like, yeah, people saw it. And we're like, yes, they felt like there's somebody and he's going to fucking take an afternoon and paint a whole sign yeah. about. Tell the truth. Yeah. His feelings. Yeah. Speak on it. Exactly. Yeah. I just, at that time, it felt like everybody's got to know that like, like I'm a people Democrat. people don't realize, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. How bad Two- this Bush character is. 2004, it's like, yeah, did you know the president sucks? <laughs> I mean, I was definitely like. Yeah. And I saw, this is really funny. I saw some stuff very recently and they were like, imagine if we had the internet back when Bush was president, we would have really given it to him. (laughs) (laughs) No, they get away with that. All right. Let's see who's on the phone here next. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? uh... Hey, it's Blake Deathly. What's up, Blake? Blake Deathly. How's it going? All right. How are you? Good. I'm just happy that Drew Cheesecake is on the is on the show tonight. That's awesome. We, uh, my friends I, and I in high school. You what? I know not personally. My friends and I in high school, like uh, probably like 12 years ago, we would take Married to the Sea comics and put them as our teachers' uh, background <laughs> on their computers. So when Hell they showed yeah. up to class, they would everybody would have to see a Married to the Sea comic. Oh, so. Nice. We love you. Our listeners are OG. I'm glad that Drew Toothpaste is here, except for I'm kind of mad that he brought that gross ass candy. (laughs) Yeah, but I love him as a person. Yeah, no, that was that was my second point. Was going to be I completely disown you because of the black licorice. Drew. I mean, it's I mean, he's the guy that made that salt meme with that little girl eating a spoonful of salt, and he lived up to it. The the licorice black licorice is gross. But like something that it's I can nasty. eat and understand why people enjoy it. That licorice that you just fed me, I don't understand that at all. <laughs> now when you when you say I fed it to you, it sounded like I put it in your mouth. Yeah, you handed it to me and you guys both said eat it. It made me feel I would have felt bad. Like here's the shitty thing about radio. It's like if you don't participate in the bit, you then feel like a jerk. So it's like, all right, I'll fucking eat the goddamn Yeah, I didn't want to eat it. But like it was out and Brett was eating one and it's like, well, he wants me to eat Brett said you gotta eat one too, and it's like, I don't wanna eat one, but we gotta eat the goddamn licorice. It's like a job hazard <laughs> for me. You know? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I, okay, I accept your apology. I accept. No, but I'm calling tonight because I just started a new job. So I work in, like, local government or whatever. And uh, it's all about, so I work in child support. And basically, it's just a fucking, like, war on poor people. 
honestly, like, what I do is process, like, income shit. Yeah. And, you know, these people are making, like, seven twenty-five an hour, and they're, like, $3,000 in arrear, and it's just like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. You know? So then these people get a warrant out on them, but I don't know. So that's a new learning experience, but I worked in, like, an office of all like boomer old white women and I'm like the only black person in my office and it's super 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 awkward <laughs> like I don't know man boomer white women are day, I just Boomer white women. I was talking about how out of control they can be. Like, uh, me and Brett were talking about this, and, like, it's not our place to talk about it, obviously. But, uh, like, do you... I can... I'll I'll say this. White women think that they uh, are, like, oppressed in a way. Like, that they don't have privilege, a lot of them, because they're women. They do. I know they do have it, they do. but they and think that they are this like specific group of women though. They like just pour shame all of our clients. Like they're just like, oh, I can't believe you know this person has nine different kids with nine different dads, and it's just like fuck you. It's none of your fucking business, you know. Like it, uh, there's nothing you can really do about it. Just it's your job. Handle it, you know. Yeah. It's, does it feel like? Does so. it feel like to you working in an because like. All of our, I guess, like a, a thing with like conservative parents and and knowing conservative people. Does it seem like the people that work in the office with you are 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 like pretty conservative? Because like everybody I know that knows somebody that worked for like you know health and human services, like or unemployment, they're like they say everybody that comes in there is ripping them off. Like is that that seems like such a it's common all, thing? I just actually. I just found out that most, like, a majority of my coworkers voted for Trump, actually, from one yeah, of my other yeah. coworkers. Like, I don't know I don't how really that happens. I the climate. Like, people aren't really getting, you know, too close to me, because I, I don't know, I just feel like such an outsider. I try to be super friendly and everything, but they're kind of just, like, keeping me at an arm's length, like, and I kind of outed myself, like, at the beginning of, uh, when I started there, they had, like, a monthly meeting where we had to talk about diversity. And, like, we talked about um, gender and all that stuff. And I was like, yeah, well, I have queer friends. And then, you know, they always come up with, like, the, when I was, you know, growing up, queer was a bad word. And I was like, well, it's kind of just like, you know, people are, you know, reclaiming the word. You know, it's just like, I, I'm not even, a, I'm not queer, but, like, I had to explain to all these white Trump voters, like, what it meant. So it's <laughs> like... So now they all kind of just treat me like, oh, yeah, get, get the hell away from her. So, do you think that so, they think you're going to... Yeah, gonna, they all vote for Trump. Do you think that they're going to... Like, what, would you think that they think you're going to get them in trouble? Like, you're going to accuse them of racism and they'll get fired or something? I, I wonder if that's, like, I the think, vibe around the place. I think I honestly be part of it, but honestly, I'm not going to do anything about it. Like, if yeah. I come across that situation, I handle it personally because I, like... I just say, fuck you. You know, I, I tell them, like, that's wrong. You shouldn't say that. And this is why you shouldn't say that. I don't know. I'm not I, afraid to speak up, but, like, if it gets to, like, a bullying point, then, yeah, definitely I'm going to say something. But, I guess, you know, it's like we don't make more than, like, $20 an hour. So it's not like we're, you know, we're working class people. So I understand why they like Trump. And I live in a very, very white area. But, 
like, oh, it's just, it's very awkward at the workplace. It really is. Yeah, and it's challenging because you put in so much effort to be so welcoming of them, and and then they can't wouldn't give you a shred of understanding. You know, it's like uh, so many of us are going out of our ways to make sure these people are comfortable, and they won't offer anybody else the same niceties. You know, they have no, no, uh, you know, uh, consideration for other people. You know. Yeah, and I think that they don't. Yeah, under- I know. I think that they don't understand. Like their idea is that the left are like liberals are the ones that get people fired and get them in trouble and get them kicked off Twitter and stuff like that. And they don't understand that most oh, of us, yeah. most of us would. I mean, I, it, as far as like being in a situation where somebody has done something problematic that I don't like, that I feel like I should stand up to, like. It, during a situation like that, I would so much rather handle it personally than to like pawn it off on like a human resources or the police or something like that. Right. Because and, I don't want I mean, anything bad to happen you, to the person. I don't want any. No, I don't. I'd rather personally teach them something. But if it, you know, I mean, if it escalates to something, obviously. But human resources isn't going to do anything about it. If they work for the company. They don't work for you. You know, like. Yeah, but you can tell how tense it is at these monthly diversity. It's only like 10 minutes of the actual meeting, but everybody's super tense and just like, oh boy, we're going to talk about gays or blacks, you know, just, it's, yeah, they're, what? they're super uneasy about it. What? Why are you having monthly diverse? like what is the, is it a government agency, I guess? Yeah, it's a municipal government agency. So just to put it into context, I live in um, Paul Ryan's school district. Okay. (laughs) Well, it's just interesting to me to think about, like, uh, that... I I, I don't know. Like, my voice is echoing, right? Like, that's what's going on? Yeah, well, it's all right. It doesn't sound that bad. It's not... Yeah, it doesn't sound that bad to me. I can handle hearing my own voice. So it it doesn't really bother me. But, uh... Yeah, I I do think I do find it like I I have always found that uh, you know probably the people you work with aren't bad people at their core, you know, and like that that kind of yeah I, no I had that thing at the laundromat where there was a dude, there was a black dude there that was really fucking drunk that kept telling me I was not white, but that is beyond that. But he got into an argument with a woman about Donald Trump. And they were like yelling at mm-hmm. each other, but they got along perfectly. And the oddest part about the conversation to me <laughs> was that the woman, this old white woman, like wasn't proud to have voted for Donald Trump. You know, she didn't feel as though she made a mistake, but she wasn't proud yeah. to stand in a room and tell people that she voted for Trump. And I just wonder if there's a lot of people out there. Ooh that feel like they messed up that like that they're just like i'm not going to say anything i don't like to prove i'm wrong but things are kind of fucked and like the economy's i mean shit's bad for people and shit like that and maybe the they'll change their mind and maybe they've learned a lesson i guess i know it's a lesson at the expense I mean, I of know. people but i think a lot some of them have learned a lesson some of them have, and some of them have completely welcomed it, I can tell, you know, especially when it comes to immigration issues and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, that's Like, tough. I hear whispers in the office, and people talk about, you know, all that crap, but, like, it's, when it comes to improving the 
quality of life at home, you can tell that they're very disappointed in that, you know. Mm-hmm. So taxes just went up for everybody. Like, it's oh, yeah. awful. Well, a lot of people are super <laughs> pissed that about that, too. And that, like, I, that came up on Facebook a lot. Like, it was mm-hmm. like, I was watching people say my tax return was lower this year. This is bullshit. And then Trump supporters getting in the comments and trying to explain why it happened, but not like really being able to explain uh, it. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like, there's no good reason for but, it other I than. Mean, to be fair, nobody really understands taxes. You know true. what I mean? Just it's intentional. General, but like... <laughs> That's yeah, an intentional thing. Intentional. Yeah. Well, thank you for calling yeah, in. But, I mean, yeah, thanks for I'm having just... me. You guys have a good night. You too. Does it sound like that over the air? Is my echo happening no over the air? Complaining. All right. No well, let's keep going. I can handle hearing it. Can you guys hear it? I'm. I don't hear it. I, okay. I can hear myself, but I don't. Care. Yeah. Well, I think we can just hear ourselves. It's not a big deal. It's not like lagging or anything. Let's get this next call. All right. Thanks for calling Street Fight. How you doing tonight? Hi. Hi. My name's Will. Uh, yeah. Long time listener. Uh, first time caller. Ooh. Okay. I just wanted to, to call in because um, Brian was talking about how he was listening to a lot of these um, shock tracks. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to recommend checking out the uh, Power Streams like, morning of 9 11 show. What is it? What is it? What is okay. it? I'm having a hard time hearing it. Yes. It's like uh, muffled. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. I, I was using headphones. Yeah, I was saying that I wanted to recommend checking out the um, Howard Stern show from the morning of 9-11. I've listened, I listened to that on the morning of 9-11, so I have heard it before. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. actually, I have listened to... <laughs> I have actually listened to Man Cow on 9-11. I listened to Opie and Anthony on 9-11, and I, I haven't found Tom Likas on 9-11. Maybe I should... find Likas is still on there on 9-11. Like, oh, don't ever... Spend forty dollars on a date. So Howard, your sister thought that Howard Stern was doing a joke about nine eleven. She thought he was doing a bit, but that's because she can't read people at all. Like she has like the worst like read on like people. And I was like, why would that is not a funny joke? Nine eleven is not like a funny joke. Like Howard Stern, I don't think would go to the point where he pretends there's a nine eleven <laughs> happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, honestly, on nine eleven, he was joking for like a good hour at like like his transition from being really like angry and righteous. It took like one hour from even like the second plane. Yeah, because I was listening, and then I ended up in. So, like, what happened was I was at work at a call center, and we saw that it happened, and then we went out into the parking lot, and we stood around this cool dude's van and listened to Howard Stern like talk about it. <laughs> And, like, just, I mean, I am not proud of the way I felt that day. Like, any of that stuff. Like, I'm not proud of, like, the two years after 9-11. But, like, you know. I, I mean, I don't think I Yeah, had, it was a horrible time. Yeah, and it's just, it was very easy for me at 20 years old to be able to, like, delve into really bad politics. You know, a 20-year-old white trash guy that works at a fucking, uh, that works at a fucking call center is not going to probably deal with 9-11 in a way that's <laughs> appropriate yeah but yeah yeah i've listened to it i i, I think i'm gonna try to find uh, uh, bubba the love sponge 9-11 and uh tom likas 9-11 too I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and listen to all those that's gonna be part of the thing 
Wow, that, that, that sounds cool. All right, thanks for calling in. Shock Jock right. Show is chugging along. I just finished the Anthony, I'm almost done with the Anthony Kumia book. It's bad. Yeah. It's a very bad book. And I'm moving on to the Man Cow book. You got Dwarves, Dames, uh, Dad. Hold on. Let me get it for you because I, I just ordered it. True, are you not you were never a shock jock guy, were you? I was I was never a shock jock guy. I actually, you know, I worked at jobs where we would have the radio on and I would always like sneakily turn it off. <laughs> I like <laughs> I no just, noise. Turn off that racket. Dad's <laughs> Dad, dames, demons, and a dwarf. My trip down Freedom Road. By I don't ten. Eleven. I don't know. He's doing something. He's going like this. Back away from the mic. Oh, back away. Okay. Oh, I thought it was Wu Tang. I thought I thought, I thought you were going in for Wu Tang. I thought it was Gick. <laughs> I thought it was like I'm getting the vapors down here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh I'm getting the vapors in the clown. Uh, yeah, yeah, like uh, dad's dames. I, I'll read that again because we had dad's dames, demons, and a dwarf. My trip down Freedom Road by Man Cow yeah. Muller. The uh, yeah, it's gonna be bad. I think you you have a high tolerance. I'm definitely not somebody that he finishes just books. Look at bad stuff. Don't just like take it all in and not even turn away or be disgusted. Uh, it's like you you're you're so good at that. I couldn't. I can't do that. I get so bummed out at that stuff. I can't look at the men going their own way for like longer than about ten minutes. It's like I mean, uh, it's like uh, uh, Medusa or the Basilisk. Yeah. I'm the like no shit. Though is like there is funny stuff. You know, it's like not as hard as it sounds. I'm like listening to professional broadcasters. Yeah. You know, but yeah, yeah a lot of it's like, like Man Cow is the worst in the world. I should, like, I can't wait to cut clips of him. He is the most insecure man that's ever lived. Thanks. Uh, who do we got next? Uh, I don't know. We got anybody else on the yeah, phone? we got two more people to go. Let's here. get these two done, man. It looks like we're going to get everybody. Hey, how's it going? Hello. Yeah. Hello, who's this? Oh, my God. I got through. My name's Brittany. What's up? How are you tonight? What's going on? I'm good. Um, so I wanted to call in, I guess, a few weeks ago because I wanted to talk about working at Taco Bell. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Did you make fun of adults because that came through the drive-thru? And laugh at their dumb voices and orders. <laughs> That's like a weird thing well, I went yeah. through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but today was my last day, actually. Like, um, I went to work at like 6 a.m. I didn't leave till 4. Oh. But yeah, um, I first, I first got to say hey to my boyfriend, Eli. He listens to you guys all the time. And like, he's always talking about you guys. <laughs> hey, I got to be honest, like. Most of the stuff, like, goes out one ear, like, I'll, like, hear what he's saying about you guys, but, like, I don't actively listen, but I started to just to, like, connect with him, I guess. But oh, anyway, boy, anyway. I feel also, sorry for you. Like, <laughs> Being subjected so, like, to also, this. Like, yeah, um, I was, I'm, like, surprised I'm, like, not the only black person calling, like, that last person, I was like, wow. I'm the second black person. I'm surprised. It's not all white dudes that listen to the show. I <laughs> promise. I I'm promise you. Too. 
but I am surprised, yes. So uh, what was it like working at Taco Bell? What was the, let me ask you, like, what was the abs- what was the best thing about working at, were there any good things about it? Paycheck. Yeah, like, my coworkers were fun because, yeah. like, they're all kind of my age, but, like, it's pretty different because, like, I didn't, I don't know, like, I guess I didn't realize that, like, a lot of people who dropped out of, like, high school go to work at Taco Bell and, like, I, like, dropped out of college, like, two years ago because of, like, prizes and stuff. So, like, people, you know, like, there were, like, asking me about, like, college and stuff and, like, how it was. And I'm like, holy fuck. Like, I've never really been around people who, like, didn't have the privilege to, like... Try college. Continue education. Yeah. Yeah. So that was different. But, like, I guess that was, like, the best thing. Like, the worst things are definitely, like... Like, my boss, like, who, like, she's, like, apparently, I found this out, like, a few weeks ago, she's, like, one, she's, like, an old lesbian, okay, so that's already, like, like, you'd think that'd be cool, right, but no, she's, like, one of those lesbians that are, like, I'm gonna, like, hate other gay people because I'm projecting, like, Oh, God, I've been in that... We have a, I mean, you know, this is the thing. We have a lot of older, like LGBT people that are like, oh, I can be fucked up, you know. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm part on the spectrum, you know. I'm part of that that group, so I can be fucked up to other gay people or whatever. Yeah, it's like so shitty. It's like you know, like trying to like shove like the hatred onto somebody else. Like, oh, you're more gay than me, you know? Fuck you, like. Yeah, all that stuff. But um, he's like. She definitely, like, she comes into work. So, like, work mornings pretty much. And she would come into work around 8, and I'd be there since 6. And she'd, like, the first thing she does is, like, make a coffee and then walk around talking about her fucking business. She's getting married soon, so she keeps talking about her, like, wedding in August. And, like, you know, it's cool, great, whatever. But, like, I'll be struggling to, like, cook the fucking food, which, by the way... Taco Bell, oh, my God, the food, like, cooking the food is, like, ridiculous. But I'd be struggling to, like, cook this fucking food because, like, I'm not strong. And she'd just be talking in my fucking ear, and I'm like, do you see me doing this? Like, a, like <laughs> well, let me fuck. So are you in one of the new Taco Bells where they don't have cashiers anymore and you just have to order at the screen? No, well, they just installed that. So, like, I've been there for, like, four months, and they installed the kiosk. Yeah. And, like... There's still, like, a front, like, person, but, like, okay, so, like, we're encouraged to say, hey, go to the kiosk, and, like, whenever you encourage customers, especially old people, which, by the way, old white people love Taco Bell, like, (laughs) I can't explain to you how much they love Taco Bell, like, every day they come up there, but also Taco Bell has, like, a senior discount thing, I don't know if any other stores have that, but it's also probably why. What's their favorite Mexican food? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Mexican food, definitely, definitely Taco Bell, Mexican <laughs> food. Um, but yeah, like, uh, whenever you suggest kiosks to, like, older customers and, like, anybody in general, they look at you like, I'm not going to fucking use that computer, and it's just like, okay, bro, it's cool, whatever. But, like, a lot of people are really turned off by it, and I didn't, like realize that would be a thing like younger people obviously will like go to that like the peevish like dudes who go in there will go straight there so they don't have to talk to people right but like everybody else is like don't give me that computer like 
Oh, no. I'm not a fan. I'm glad that they're not... I'm glad people are like, fuck the computer, because when I go in, I don't want to use that fucking thing. I don't like I'd it I'd rather either. just tell somebody what the fuck I want. I, I don't want to be ringing shit up, you know? Too much work for me. Agreed. Well, you're doing... You're, yeah. you're taking over the labor for free. You're performing labor that somebody should be getting paid for. Well, that's going to say, that's what my... At my Taco Bell now, like, I feel bad if I take somebody away, because the cashier person is usually like arm deep in some tortillas and is like scooping beans and helping out yeah. and stuff. It's not really yeah. like someone's just sitting at the register waiting for you. You got to like grab somebody that's in the middle of doing something and tell them to stop. You're right about that too. Yeah. It's like you're bugging somebody yeah. anyway. Sure. Yeah. Although I always, yeah, every yeah. time there's like an older person that works at the Taco Bell, I just say, I don't like those machines. And then they look around a couple of times and they go, I don't like them either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like dumping the powder, powder in yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, bread was, was just cheap for me. I didn't have to 
Makes everybody powder. Like Brett was done. banging down cotton candy bangs while we were driving. They I was also like, have what like in supreme the unicorn is like one of their flavors. There's a sour heads one that's pretty good too. <laughs> that's a palate cleanser right there. <laughs> <laughs> Brett's a bang guy, man. Let's hear Love it. Call in here. All right, let's get Thanks this last call. Street fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey guys. Right on. <laughs> Fat Philly Friday. Friday. I just got off of work. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. a good time to do a bong hit. It's my it is my Friday, technically. I don't have to work for five more days. Yeah. Fat Philly Friday. But, that's what Bubble Love Sponge used to do. <laughs> Smoke a few. Oh yeah? Yeah, play a bong sound <laughs> he would play bong sound effects and be like, I'm getting so high in the studio, buddy. <laughs> 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 I'm so glad we don't have to do that. <laughs> Buddy, I'm getting fucking ripped up in the... Uh, well, actually, he did. And then he did the bong hit, and he'd be like, uh, Oh, I'm in here, oh, I'm getting ripped, I'm high, I'm high on drugs, I tell ya. <laughs> yeah, the radio guy, boy. <laughs> What's going on tonight? I'm high on drugs. Hey, I'm high oh, on no, marijuana. I, I'm high on drugs, and I'm calling into a radio show. Um... No, I want. Hey, I, I'm actually. Uh, I have a, a sandal story. Okay. I DM'd Brett about it about the dad sandals, but also something relating to this show. I'll be quick though. So okay. the the Keens. Brett posted a picture of like those Keen sandals, and it was like the real dad shoe. And I was like, and I, I have a pair. And the reason I have a pair is because I went on this backpacking trip when I was a kid. I was like 17, and my dad took me to the store to buy like some of those shoes, right? And I'm sitting down trying them on for the first time, and I look across from me, and across from me I see this old, like, total dad, like, big dude in his, like, 50s, big old gut, khaki shorts, you know, me. white socks, and he's taking off an old pair of Keens, and he's trying on a new pair of Keens, <laughs> and, he, and he looks in his, I see his eyes, I see him look across at me, Look down at what I'm looking at. Just look up at me and just give me the most knowing look. And he just looks into my eyes and he says, he gives me like this nod and he just goes, last shoes you'll ever buy in your life. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> and so bad. Like, oh. so corny. I have a pair of Keen's shoes and they are the ugliest <laughs> things you could I would oh I'm a barefoot I'm against barefoot being legal but it's almost would be I might just learn how to walk barefooted and so I don't have to wear those goddamn shoes anymore they're they're so yeah. comfortable they feel so good they're so uh, comfortable I know and great. honestly Yeah honestly they're great and it's like but I like to do I don't know cuz I'm like I go I'm super lucky I work in this like rich town Right, but in this rich town is a thrift store, and it's like the best thrift store ever. There's like types. I have tiers of thrift stores, but the best thrift store is the number one. It's when it's completely staffed. It's like a complete charity donation, right? Yeah. And it's staffed just by old retired ladies. Yeah. And so they're all volunteers, and so all the clothes are like two dollars, <laughs> and it's a hundred percent goes to charity. And then so I do find I do like I've bought in like. Oh, they have, a, it's like, because I'm in this super rich town, like Silicon Valley, like where all the, like, mansions, see, it's old money up here, like, new money too, but holy shit, like, in this town I work in. Anyway, so I find, like, Yves Saint Laurent, North Face, like, really nice clothes for nothing. It's amazing. <laughs> it's just, 
taking off all their of their stuff. Anyway, but yeah, so I like wear I used to wear like really nice clothes and then just like the ugliest shoes like Keen. It's <laughs> I think it's funny as fuck. Is there a reason just, they yeah. can't make them look like not hideous and dumb? Like what is the reason with I, that? I don't know. It's like I don't know. It's just they I don't know, maybe it's just the I have no goes they in their heads. I can't tell on you. Comfortability first, and they throw all like design to the wind. Yeah. They fucking make them black, like just a pair of black. They don't. They won't even make just a plain colored pair of shoes. I don't even care if they're all white. Uh, all their shoes have to be yeah. three different colors that I would never and, buy in a pair true. of shoes. And they yeah. put extra ridges on places. I know. Like, is that good for me? Yeah. That's no. what. That's what makes it cool. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the yeah. thing, too, is, man, you know, what pissed me off more than anything in the world is when people are like, Balenciaga's making dad shoes. They're $795. Yeah. I'm like, dad yeah. shoes are down at Dick's Sporting Goods for $35. Anybody can go get dad shoes. If that's yeah. the thing, I can show you where they're, to find them. They're the Nikes. They're teens. That, they're the Nikes yeah. that say Nike real big yeah. on the tongue. Yes. That's dad <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I was younger, I was like, we would have to go to Famous Footwear to get our shoes or whatever, and I would just be so mm-hmm. fucking nervous that they'd make me get generics that I would just be like, these Nikes are only yeah. fucking $25, right. but they would be like ugly, but I yeah. would just be like, God. I'd rather have these than like really yeah. good looking Bobo shoes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like some Airwalks. I like I know Airwalks used to be cool. Oh my god. Yeah, like, Airwalks were hot at one yeah. point. Tony Hawk shoes. Like, yeah, they always make Tony Hawk Tony shoes. Oh. Tony Hawk jeans. You know the Tony Hawk jeans? Oh. They smell like Coles. Like yeah. those. I wore a lot of those <laughs> yeah. fucking things, Fuck. man. Lugs were a bad move too. Yeah. Back then. Lugs were like fake Timberland. Oh, I wore those too. <laughs> they were very. They were much more mm. affordable. I never had a pair of Tims. Yeah. And, like, you know, Big I love money. boots and Big stuff. Money. It's not as much as I pay now. I should have got true. trims last time. True. I, we should live the yeah. dream of getting some chuckas, fucker. <laughs> 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 well, thank you for calling in and being our last caller tonight. And uh, yeah. we love yeah. you. Yeah, I'm glad you're practicing. Oh, yeah, I love you too, boys. Well, well, thank you for practicing. Yeah. Good health. Good health. <laughs> yeah. They're very comfortable. Wow, yeah. <laughs> you are just like you just I like don't... a good sandal and I and I and I gotta say I gotta say, Brian, I'm with you, sockless sandals always. Don't wanna see those feet. He wants socks, sandals. No way, feet. man. It's preposterous, dude. Socks and sandals always. What about if you encounter a puddle, man? And your fucking <laughs> socked ass feet are all soaking wet. You take your socks off and put them back on. You dry them off. Sorry, <laughs> if I'm, if I'm going to my knees. No. But here's what I'm going to say, too. Here's what I'm going to say, too. Socks, sandals, pants. No, you, that's what I'm going to say. That's okay. acceptable to me. Okay. We're I unacceptable. Pants, pants, pants flip-flop. Pants and, pants and flip-flops I can't handle. If you're wearing jeans and flip-flops, I can't hang. I'm sorry. Yeah, jeans weird and me. flip-flops. Especially if you don't cuff them. Odd maneuver. Yeah. Your anyway, course. but yeah, you guys got to go, so... Yeah, yeah Thank the you show's so much. over. It's been three hours. We're in overtime. We're getting paid time and a half. I think we're right at three. Burning up that Patreon money extra quick right now. 
I think we're right at three. Thank you, everybody that called in. Uh, You don't have to say your race or sexual orientation if you call into the show. You can (laughs) just tell us your story. We're also allowed to. (laughs) I guess you're right. I shouldn't shut that down. Uh, No, I uh, appreciate everybody that called in tonight. You make it what it is. It's just a beautiful thing, and it's way easier for me than putting a show together. So thank you for doing all the work and tuning into Street Fight. We will be here on Wednesday, Brian and I yelling at each other's faces in the basement. Uh, We take your calls every single Sunday. We'll be back next Sunday. We're going to do an ABCD show, I think, maybe the week before we go, maybe the last call-in show this month. Does that sound good? Follow me. Okay, we'll put that on the books. Anyone but cis dudes call-in show will be happening at the end of June. Thank you to uh, Drew Toothpaste for being here. What's the best way to to follow you? Yeah, I'm I'm at Drew Toothpaste. Okay, on, uh, on Twitter and Instagram. So just link link up there if you want to see more from me. Totally we, optional. We had some totally in- optional. I don't. <laughs> I'm I'm following the non-aggression principle. You don't have to. You're following the nap. I like it. Yeah, it's, do what you want to do. I'm not your fucking boss. This is voluntary association <laughs> we have here. You can or you don't have to. It's right. up to you. Right. And thank you guys for having me. This is a blast. This yeah. is sweet coming in here. Yeah, we'll have you more during the because you said it's easy to do this during the summer. So I got a hold of you the first show we did during. Yeah, the summer. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm a lot on, of fun. You really helped us out there. We we've done five hours of radio today. So. Yeah, I'm on I'm on the the school schedule. So until school comes back in, I'm pretty I'm trained to go. Nice. <laughs> All right. Thanks for being here. We'll see you later this week. We're Street Fight. Peace. Oh, we're done, Brad. We're done and on Wednesday.